like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about us. Like, what's a good intro? We usually just talk. Like we, the conversation yeah, carries we, we really we just carry into the light. That's part of the brand. I thought um, it is part of the brand. This is a friendship simulator. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, the friendship simulator. <laughs> oh, I just noticed we're live. Okay, I see. We're we're definitely staying on brand now. Hello, everyone. How are you guys doing today? On this hello uh, November afternoon. It's getting colder where I live, which is fantastic. Um, well, you live in Canada. It's always cold, but I mean, it's it's November yeah. now, so that's gotten your first snow yet no not yet but you know southern Ontario is actually not that bad i mean mm. the summers are pretty hot which i mean they can get kind of muggy um but i like last year we only had like a few like major snowfalls which honestly to tell you the truth like i don't know I, when i was a kid i liked it but i'm just like i don't know like snow and like ice like okay snow is you know it, it's you know it's a pain to like shovel but ice like just interferes with my lindy walk <laughs> i hate that term lindy night walk so it's like i gotta like walk on the road because like people don't ice like people don't you know salt their drive their uh sidewalks so it's like oh my god you know it's just a pain so do you um, just scroll through like twitter or telegram while you do your little night walk and there's enough salt should. that comes from you to just keep the road safe yeah, I should. Is your seething and coping, you know, keeping people safe? <laughs> yeah, this is true. Geo doesn't want to shovel snow. No, I, I end up shoveling snow, but like, you know, the benefit is that my old man has a backhoe. So if it gets really bad, he does the driveway because we have like a long ass driveway. Not long. We have like a wide driveway. It's like, it's like, you know, when it's, when it's like longer, it's like wider than longer. Mm. like a chode like it's... <laughs> that's uh that's, that's one way to describe it yeah <laughs> there's certain things they say that like <laughs> even my old man and you know <laughs> my old man's just like he also has a perverted sense of humor but he doesn't want to admit to it but like um well who, <laughs> who's the who's the italian in your family is it your dad's side or your mom's side we're bo both sides. Oh, well, then you're you're just screwed. Uh, I mean, ethnically, but yeah, I mean, genetically. But yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. my mother, yeah, she grew up in Brazil. So, but no, no, both of them. Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, like, for example, like, you know, in Canada, we have bags of milk. Like, we have, do you got that in America? Uh, no. Uh, we've, yeah. we've got, we've got jugs. We have to buy a special thing at the dollar store to like put the bag in it's like a pour it's like a container um like a self-serve yeah, you know? yeah yeah you, you, yeah you yeah. you pay for a special bag and like a like a fast food joint you have to you know dispense the milk properly it's it's kind of like that it's like just it's it's like a holder it like looks like i mean yeah so like you put the bag in it but then you cut like the corner off right yeah so it was like I remember like saying like oh you got to circumcise the corner and my old man's like what the hell like he's like are you that bad like I go yeah well, that, oh, that that really does sound like a, a huge deal for a high trust society like you have to cut the corner of the bag it's yeah. kind of self serve I can't imagine that that will last long in in Canada um, yeah. Yeah, I, that, that, people. I, my my mind just deal. went to the Halloween video everyone was dunking on the other day. 
Could you just imagine that where like hordes of people speaking some foreign language and they're like just screwing with whatever the milk machine is to, to make it work? Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, I, I imagine that that'll happen to your milk machines or it'll just be a bunch of, um, you know, Punjabis. That'll people come will like stab the bag open and just like rip it. stab the bag open or they'll just like say, screw this. And they'll like take them. They'll, they'll bring in a cow to the supermarket and put the, the bag with their cow. Well, that's like in there. India how... You ever seen them do like the street juices? Like it's like a milkshake, but it's got like, you know, ex- it's got extra protein from the flies in it. They just like stab the milk bags and just like pour it in this huge thing. And they got like the huge ladle. I don't know why. Like I just ended up watching all these street food videos for a, for a little bit, but and that's coming to Canada. There'll be street. I, I mean, there probably is in Toronto and in, in, in Brampton, 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 a stand. They probably have like street juice vendors that do that you know only when, i mean well you'll but, have to uh, report back to us when you go on your your lindy walks geo on how bad <laughs> i want i want to i want speaking of solo mega variety content hour i want one on like the absolute state of canada like you just walk around for yeah. a little bit like you just record you're not live streaming it but you know you just record like an hour in a major canadian metropolitan area and you just tell me how bad it is i'd pay yeah, five bucks a month for that <laughs> Oh, I wouldn't dare. I wouldn't dare tell you to IRL stream. I don't want you to get killed, Geo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, IRL like, hey, the Prudentialist sends a five dollars super chat. That's just nah, 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 you know, just the like really <laughs> specific like Indian area insults, and then you know, Geo loses. <laughs> it's like a five dollars really super chat. Yeah, <laughs> for five dollars, and then he gets five dollars. Um, speaking of five dollars, I actually did have a Soul of Ready Mega Show, and. uh Listen, I, I'm not telling you to donate to my Patreon starting at only $5 a month, which I will have to attend to. I've been sort of neglecting, you know, a lot of the tiers to write my book, but I will get on top of it next, probably next month. So, uh, you know, I mean, if you want a good Christmas present, I, you know, the $20 tier, you get artist prints from the FUN No GF series. And, uh, you know, at $50, you get a little painting. So like a Bob Ross style painting. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to donate, I mean, that's or if you want to donate Super Chats and you want to hear me say five dollars. Um, so, yeah, there you go. We, we were making um, fun of that on Unpopular Opinions earlier this week because I, I. Oh, told, you were? <laughs> well, because because Mr. D is is the sort of the co-host of UO and he was talking. He does his usual advertisement <laughs> before he gets to the Super Chats. And I told I told Mr. I told Mr. D, I said, you know. I love that bit so much that I've stolen it and I've crypted it in order to plug our friends' stuff, their books or publications or whatever. And uh, I said, because it's, it's too good to just do a little radio jingle advertisement and let them know that you know, the show is sponsored by viewers like you. And oh, yeah. he's like, oh, okay, well, I have to incorporate that now onto our show. So Mr. D was doing a geo impression of $5. <laughs> during the super chat so there there was there's mutual love across the the pond there it was it was quite Five enjoyable dollars yeah, yeah it, was, it, was mr. Great, it was mr d saying it which made it all the more perfect uh but it, it was um, like, you know good good times were had by all in that respect yeah don't don't do streaming irl i don't want geo to get killed um the show is uh i've described as um uh profitable so let, let, let's keep yeah. the let's keep the the good times rolling streaming irl has never has never done good for anybody. You either end up in jail or you end up uh, just like on IP2, like degrading yourself in front of 15 people on the live chat. 
So, I mean, if it's when it's good, it's hot. It's really hot. I'm talking like Fousey tube getting arrested at the airport hot. I'm talking about Baked Alaska making a black homeless man dance to Johnny Rebel. You know, like stuff like that is just terrible. And it's it's so trashy. And it's although I mean, listen, I'm not gonna lie, some of that stuff is entertaining. You know, Fousey tube freaking out in the airport. But IRL streaming is uh I feel like it's one of those like uh it, it reminds me of that Marina Abramovic um thing where she like put her like she she was in a room in front is this of like, the spirit a, cooking woman yeah yeah but okay, she was okay. like in a room and and there was like a table full of weapons and you could do anything you want to her but nobody did anything to her obviously but she like you could like pay for an hour or so where she's just like staring off and like people were talking to her one guy i believe did feel her up and shia labeouf he did the same thing where he like totally ripped Marina Abramovic off, but it was like in a apartment in New York where you could like go in there and he had like that stupid paper bag over his face um, that said like, I'm sorry for something or whatever. Mm. Um, but that was Marina Abramovic that did it. And nobody like went too far because the whole thing was that like you could do anything to her. But I believe one guy did try to feel her up, but then it was like so weird because she was doing it, nothing, just like staring off into space um you know i believe i think it was called uh confrontation with the artist i believe that was the she did this in like the late 70s but um anyways that's nuts uh oh yeah well it kind of reminds me like there's a movie with like willem dafoe that came out not too long ago where he's like a a thief or whatever and he's like trapped in this house and he's like trying to survive and turns out like it's an art exhibit and like he hurt like, i mean like this guy like william defoe's character like breaks his bones trying to like find ways to escape and to survive in this little place uh and he's like i give up or whatever towards the end like he's been in there for like i don't know six eight weeks or whatever and then like the place unlocks and it turns out the whole thing was an art exhibit and it was just like thank you for being like my muse or whatever and it's just like <laughs> you know there's a limit Amazing. i think to, to to performance art or something like that but no i mean it was uh the movie's I, I've only I've been told nothing but good things about it, so I, I should watch it more in full rather than just little bits version, and pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, my voice is gone. I'm a little under the weather, chat, and I just spent two hours recording with Raging Mandrill as we begin a new series reviewing and reading through the chapters of Sean McMeekin's Stalin's War. So we went through all of more or less chapter mm-hmm. one about Soviet foreign policy and the infiltration of the United States government under FDR. So that is being uploaded as we speak to Substack and to the YouTube channel. It'll be on Subscribestar. So as low as $2 a month, you can have access to that early. And then we'll be dropping some new stuff. I put out a new Substack for um, Substack backers as well on progressive iconoclasm, talking about the destruction of the Robert E. Lee um you know statue in charlottesville so lots of great stuff and then of course i was on uo earlier this week and it's just been a a busy but very good productive you want to talk about you we all talked to talked out of the the robert e lee one uh well i mean i wrote about it i would highly recommend people see it there and uh it it was funny because i because um a guy named miguel Alberto Fernandez, who's a former U.S. ambassador, and he works with like memory TV, like the actual thing, not the meme bit. And he's a really <laughs> good writer and analyst. And he quote tweeted it saying like, and he 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 brought a snippet from it. 
And I'm like, this is paywall. Then I don't think Mr. Fernandez uh, follows like, or is a backer on Substack. So I'm like, you know, you, you do the nice, well-written, uh, non-edgy bits and, and that's not behind the paywall. And then like you yeah. go full bore, <laughs> you know, tell them how you really feel behind the paywall bit, which I did. And I was like, man, I hope he's not like a backer or whatever. Cause it's like, it's always weird when you want to put like your, your, your uninhibited thoughts and feelings and, and sort of crank up the spice to 11. And then it's like, oh yeah, your words are being read by like well-trained professionals and people and that have pull within the federal government and stuff like that. Uh, it, it's sometimes kind of crazy to think about, you know, like, I know Charles Haywood read the damn thing, and I'm like, oh, well, Charles Haywood's used yeah. to it. He's a, he's, a, he's a boomer Fed poster. But, uh, yeah, no, it's a, good times were had by all. And um, did you see that they canceled the uh, the Marine birthday ball? We, oh, yeah, that's right. We, did, we didn't even cancel it when we invaded Iraq in 2003. Wow. So, um, and then, what was, why'd they cancel it? Uh, unforeseen circumstances with potential deployments, which to me sounds like, Whoa. hey, in case we go to war with Iran, I guess. Well, you know. that's that's like you know that says it all. I mean, not even during uh, the surge did they cancel the the Marine Ball. So, but so yeah, if you're pooped out of talking about Robert E. Lee, like there's really nothing. Um, is there anything more to say besides? it's a tragedy and it's an unintentional source of power that they've created. But then again, you never know because like the way that the internet works, I mean, the, the eternal image, the fast image is so ever present that, you know, images that were to have held power before probably have a wave, you know, fast burnout rate. Like for example, Donald Trump's mugshot, you'd figure that would stay for a little bit longer. No, it, it it died really quickly. Died. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised at how quickly the mugshot just disappeared from everyone's like mind. You know, like the this is the first time he, he tweets since getting his account reinstated, you know, yeah. DonaldJTrump.com. And it's like the mugshot stuff. It's a great advertisement, got like millions of views, kind of like broke Twitter. They for say exactly that Don Jr. may have it out neither which way right like yeah whoever it comes <laughs> it, from, it, it comes from trump and yeah. it's just like gets hundreds of millions of views for 18 hours and then move moved on you know yeah. give me current thing that's a little newer than last current thing and it's yeah. the same thing with like the robert e lee statue and which is it's already really fading it's already fading which is really depressing because if like you're and it's even more depressing as like a commentator or an essayist where it's like, well, I got to get my thoughts down before while it's still fresh. Like you're, you're basically a journalist at that. I should have painted it, but that, that would probably get me into trouble. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Aristophanes revenge carved it into his pumpkin for Halloween, but like, yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Which yeah, was cool, funny. but it does illustrate that like, are we losing out on like the power of images and we're more so focused on, yeah. I mean, what are we transitioning to? Are we just transitioning to like the newest thing on the timeline? Because like I can remember back in like what 2014, so like a 10 years ago, maybe even you know 10 years ago in 2013, where it was like the the little boy that had drowned, like the migrant or whatever from Syria that was like oh the whole, god that was everywhere yeah that was you know I mean it was everywhere but don't you find it a little strange that 
maybe we don't have like images don't capture or have the the captive power of the imagination and political thought as they once did you know 100%. like the the image of the the burnt out corpse from the first gulf war in 93 you know like that yeah, was a major I, image i painted that i put that in the painting for a buddy of mine for his album cover right but like yeah. that that was powerful the the twin towers smoldering or the plane hitting the towers the smoldering pennsylvania field uh you know barack obama like taking the stage or whatever barack obama the and the halo with the presidential seal the halo yeah the presidential yeah. seal the halo Time magazine time magazine uh which totally was like uh worship of black bodies right there like that's the official religion i even yeah. make a joke about that in the Substack piece that maybe we do yeah, worship Google dark Raven gods Rich. um maybe we do worship dark gods in this country who knows but oh, yeah. uh you know but images don't seem to have the staying power that they once do and i do think it has a lot to do with again the medium being the message or just a yeah crypt from McLuhan. because what's our medium tell us our medium tells us we have to be up with the current thing at all times and in all places it everywhere all at once. And so yeah. that doesn't mean that an image has the staying power that it once did, because I can get a million images and videos right now. So like, what's the defining image of the war in Gaza? Well, there isn't one image. There's a million images. And that, that's the case. Like the, the, the yeah. hall, right. The annex hall of St. Porfirio's church in Gaza, like cool. There's a hundred images of that. And people moved on. Because it has to be about the next thing, the latest development. Yeah. We've stopped being a infographic society. We're not even typographic anymore. It's more about uh, latest thing, you know? Yeah. No, that's exactly. Like, I mean, the gratuitous of, of it. Like, like I mean, I don't know how I can describe it for YouTube. But, like, you can, like, go to the timeline. I have this. By the way, if you haven't followed it yet, go and follow my... Uh, my telegram telegram.com such Jenner productions. Um, I want to get it to at least two K, you know, come on. Um, I, I talked about like, an, you could see anything on the TL, like you could see Jackson Hinkle, uh, post a video of a Palestinian child. Uh, I don't want, I can't describe it for YouTube, but you know, like it's you a miracle. See, like, he hasn't been banned off Twitter for that shit. Like no content warning either. Yeah. No, no more. No, it's like, here you go on your TL, uh, redacted children. Like it's, yeah. So I, the ubiquity of images, um, I think is like what you were saying. Like, it's not, um, there's no reified image to like rally around because the image itself becomes a weird form of like dialectics or language where it's like, now we live in the image, we live in the imagistic world. And therefore, and you know, I talk about this in my book, we live in the imagistic world and that becomes the currency in ways in which language cannot, you know, exactly process. But the down, the downside of that is that the image, you know, through its digital reproduction is robbed of power. So for example, like um, one of the first things I open up with in the first chapter of my book is the Cioran quote, uh, quote, you know, Emil Cioran, mm -hmm. not Cioran. Yeah. Well, Cioran is in Romania, but you know, um, where he says, uh, when art is driven to exhaustion, it becomes both, you know, it becomes ubiquitous. The creation of the work of art becomes both impossible and banal at the same time. I'm butchering it, but yeah, you know, yeah. that, that mix of banality and impossibility as you know, as, he goes, as art proliferates, 
it's driven to exhaustion. As the image is proliferated, the image itself is driven to exhaustion. And so something that, like, can you imagine if you had on the cover of, say, every major paper of records, and for, for Zoomers that don't know, a letter of records is basically a national standard newspaper. Like, I mean, they're all a bunch of, like, hacks and rags nowadays. But say, like, the New York Times is the American or the Washington Post were both examples of America's quote-unquote letter of records, right? Mm -hmm. Say we lived in not even, I would say, 2005, let alone 1985. Imagine 1985, that image was on the cover of the New York Times of Robert E. Lee's face being melted away, the statue. Can you imagine what that would be like? in 1985 like you can't right you can't imagine that yeah you know? no, but you now can't. we think it's yeah but now we think it's like ubiquitous and so therefore we don't really pay mind to it like it's funny you know people they take the trump mug shot or they take the robert e lee statue and they put it as their avatar the glowing thing or they or they make it as yeah. a, a giga chat or whatever you know yeah. like that yeah no notice how the images that stay that hold perennial use are only for memetics you know, yes, we're not exactly. a, we're not we're not typographic. We're not infographic. We're a mimetic. That night society. it was released. Like that night it was released. Someone edited the Giga Chad of yeah. the Robert E. Lee statue being face melted. Yeah, yeah. Like it was that night. Um, like and, does and does, like, does yeah. it serve? Does the image serve for this purpose? Is this is this qualitative enough to be served as a meme, or will I find something better in the quantity of images and videos that could be used to serve a, a point to get a, a message across? Yeah. Like Donald J. Trump's mugshot probably has sold a shitload of merchandise to like Gen Xers and boomers and so on. Yeah, but even you black know, rappers could use it, you know. <laughs> oh, I mean, there's plenty of that. You, you see the MAGA rappers? Yeah, the, 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 the yeah. pure, pure coal. But <laughs> it, it does illustrate, right, this, this society wherein, oh, by the way, uh, we've got a million images and videos, but you know, maybe one might be a good meme. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, we, the fact that we've got like these meme templates that have evolved, like the Wojak will probably be looked aged in 10 years from now when a new meme format comes up or something, or we've evolved past mimetic stuff and it's different. Uh, it does kind of worry me though. Cause like, I think that like McLuhan saying that we're going to be more tribal, you know, we're, we're going to be less well-read. We're more infographic. Like, no one's illiterate anymore. You know, like, I think about that 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 weird sort of, like, I don't know, like, 18-year-old, 15-year-old kid who's, like, talking to women, and he's just like, oh, you read? Name 10 books, right? Yeah. And the women can't do it. Like, no one reads anymore. There are a very select few of people on this earth that still read, uh, especially yeah. for younger people. And so now everyone's sort of infographic. We're all tribal. We all have our niche ecosystems that we have to talk about and that we all stay in our bubbles, which again is sort of normal for human societies even before the advent of our current digital mediums of communication. Well, but you it know does what women... Yeah, go ahead. But it does illustrate, I think, to me that what what do we do when I mean we're we're now more pictographic, right? You know, like oh Giga yeah. Chad, oh Soy Jack, or whatever. Like it's a unique f method of communication where we've advanced so much in technology, we have also regressed to the most baseline, you know, poor or not poor, but like primitive forms of written communication, pictographic, hieroglyphic ways of communicating, uh, and I mm. think that that's an interesting phenomenon. 
that I don't know who's talking, who else is talking about it. And I'm sure that if I'm thinking about it, someone at like the Santa Fe Institute or the McLuhan Institute is, but it does illustrate that we are in a, in a new medium of communication that I think is people have become more dumbed down and less well-read and have a less long-term memory of history that uh, it just becomes so much easier to get yeah. diluted and caught in up with the, the current thingism that you forget, you know, what happened even 10 years ago. Can you remember what happened 10 years ago? Well, in 10 years ago, I was, what year was uh, that? 2013. Uh, Oh God. Yeah, man. So I, I was, even, I was, I was, I was, I was finishing high school and I remember that, you know, the Syrian civil war stuff had really kicked off. This is oh, right oh, before yeah, Euro Maidan. Uh, Barack Obama had been in office uh, after reelection. And, and this was during the investigation into the IRS into conservative groups and how that played a huge role in the 2012 oh, election. Yeah, I remember Rush talking um, about that. <laughs> I remember, I think 2013 was the beginning part of when Obamacare was rolling out, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And it was a huge fuck up. Like the website no, was no, bad. No, no, 2014 was Gamergate. And, and like, yeah, Obamacare rolled out. It was a natural disaster. Even the Washington Post was talking about it. It was just a bizarre time. And I think this is right before John Boehner had stepped down as House Speaker. What did he? Oh yeah. When, what was that thing with John Boehner? I remember this. What, when did he quit being memory. the Speaker of the House? Yeah, he quit in 2015. Okay, so he yeah. he left right before Trump got into office. Maybe. But yeah, it was a weird time. Weird time. That guy was creepy as hell, man. That, that guy. I don't know. He's from Ohio, he, and he, I mean, now he's <laughs> like big on being pro pot. Like, what a what a what a what a. Whoa. Shit. Maybe he's got glaucoma. That's probably why. No. Oh. I don't know. Got to get my pot for my glaucoma. <laughs> Look at that picture where he's kissing Nancy Pelosi. That was, yeah. yeah. Funny. Then, then like Chuck Schumer became Nancy Pelosi's number two. Yeah. So, um, but no, it's what was the thing with the Obamacare? The website was uh, screwed up. Like, yeah, like you, you couldn't, couldn't access you couldn't, it. You couldn't sign up for insurance. Oh, and even like the Washington Post was like, oh, this is bad. The American government doesn't have programmers that could do it for them. Like, come on, man. Like they probably have programmers now. You know, it was, it stocks. was, it was a different, it was a different time. It was a different time. Nobody reads, you know what, you know what uh, millennial aging, millennial and Gen X women read. You ever heard of dark romance? We talked about this last week. No, oh, we talked about in the group chat, but did we talk about dark oh. romance in the, on the, people reading like just hardcore porn yeah <laughs> like like rping increases your girl boss power <laughs> like, you know I remember talk, you know it's fun. and, it, and it's funny because like radfem twitter this week was just like if you're into cnc you're actually just a rapist and it was just because <laughs> they were like consensual non-consensual and i like one i hate the fact that this is on my timeline and yeah i'm i'm I try because I already hate Twitter because a you never know when someone's just going to spam an image of like a dead you know Palestinian child or an imam like cheek busting another imam or 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 you get some random porn bot that follows you and like if you don't check the bio and you just click on the profile it's like bam there's like hard pornography <laughs> in your face and yeah. it's, I can't stand it like that is the one thing oh. like pre Elon Twitter. I had that shit under control. I was not going to be seeing 
hardcore pornography or mutilated children on my timeline relatively quickly. And yeah, it's really, it feels like 4chan it, almost. It's it feels like something awful. And yeah. It's X-chan at this point. It's X-chan, yeah. X-chan. Like, no, but it's, there's a, there's a staggering number of women who are into CNC and like these books, these like dark romance. I talk about this because my the the paywall so you have to go and subscribe to patreon or substack to get the full version of this week's content minded i talk about it in reviewing eight millimeter how like the ubiquity of cnc content is like so crazy because like and like you know young women are like reading this and like there are women on like instagram like if any woman you know is is listening to this you probably know they're like women with like like their full name and face on Instagram and TikTok that have like LinkedIn profiles and like cross posted to Facebook with their family that like review these books or it's part of like book talk where they'll like review like different genre breakdowns. Like this one's a vampire. This one's a King. This one's about like other supernatural. You know who we need to blame? We need to blame <laughs> Anne Rice. She, yeah. I feel yeah, like she started her, a whole series. bunch of this. Yeah. She wrote that. Um, what was it called? Midnight series or something? Something like, like that. Books. Those vampire esque yeah. stories. And you're just like, Oh yeah. You, uh, being non-consensual with a vampire increases my girl boss powers. That's basically, yeah. You know, yeah. when I say lean in, I mean, lean in to the, the primordial fantasy of women yeah. being, I did uh, speak about this with Kathy <laughs> abducted and used like, no, but that's what I mean. But then, and the end, they get abducted and used, but they also become girl bosses at the end. Like, that's the, you know, like, why is this content? Like, it, it's a very, like, I think it's a very safe version of, like, the actual horrific experiences that women go through in real life. And, and that's where I think the rad femmes do have an argument. Because, like, why would you want to consume a safe version of very, you know, disturbing realities that unfortunately a lot of women and some men go through in certain communities. Um, but it's like, I don't know, man, like it's, there's something to it where I think it relates back to what we were talking about with the proliferation of images or rather the proliferation of content on the internet. There was something that, um, for those of you who watch night owls, um, a regular Yoshi, you know, every time we talk about Night Owls, there's some poor guy in the comment sections like, where can I watch it? And I'm like, <laughs> I have to recorded. break their heart and be like, they're never recorded. They're on Twitter, yeah. occasionally on Sunday evenings. And sometimes yeah, you'll random. See, you'll see sometimes. them because we'll be in them. But uh, yeah. you're either there or you or you miss it. And it and it sucks. There's um, rumors that some people record them. But yeah, I'm sure know. that there are. Uh, but uh they don't release them. Publicly. I really have to break people's hearts, you know, just like, hey, Night, night Owls yeah. doesn't exist. Exactly. But it does. You know, it's like Beaudry Park. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I need mean, to tell Future World over that the, one. The Night um, Owls space never existed. But but Yoshi had this great thread about, um, and his account's perpetually locked, so you have to, like, follow him. But he's like, you know, the, the average normie was not meant to, like, be have access to 24-7 information. It, like, literally breaks their brains. Because he goes, imagine, he goes, if we didn't have the internet, the culture would have been around like 2005. Like very far right neo-Austrian painter people, they would be just like normie Republicans and very far left people would be like Democrats circa 1990s where they would make maybe be like, I don't know, some other identity group, but not really. 
And it's like, that is true. Like the reification of public discourse and the reification of culture as fandoms and so forth in general become this thing to where like average normie, like upper middle class, older millennial slash Gen X women like talk on their public Facebooks and Instagrams and TikToks with their own real names and faces about like vampire non-consent books. It's like, it's crazy. It's, it's like, this is the world that we live in. And it's like, it's, you know, we, I mean, we, we I were know. not, we were not supposed to have this kind of access to information. Yeah. And, and it is crazy because people will at any point in time just say, uh, oh, you know, this is who I am or whatever. And like, this is the stuff that I'm into. Like, cause you'll see this all the time when they're like angry leftists on Twitter and they'll reply to some dude and they'll be like, you've been on this website since 2010. You have mm. over 350,000 tweets and like less than a thousand followers. Who are you broadcasting to? And the answer no, is, is that yeah. it doesn't matter who they're broadcasting to. What matters is that you have this like 10 year plus history of their entire stream of consciousness and thought. And people will just broadcast the most private deranged shit imaginable and i'm not talking yeah. like howling mutant style of perverted shit posting i mean like no that's in our form right there that's th that i would argue yeah i would argue it is but like it's the most just the depraved thoughts of someone who's just screaming into the void who never yeah. got a following and now you have like 10 years of the most depraved thoughts about like oh this like rapey book that i read and you know when i was like in high school or like or all turfs really... deserve blah 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 yeah or yeah or, or it'll just be like people just screaming at the wall like in in, a, in any other world these people would be in an asylum screaming kill the turf like writing it in the wall <laughs> with their own feces but now that they have twitter they can do it themselves it would be meant so, for garbage detail so, like they can't like the, 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 dig the, the digital asylum is just like well actually you know it's it's an okay thing yeah, uh, for these people to use their feces to say kill all turfs in like bold capital letters on twitter.com because we can't we, we we can't put them through electroshock therapy you know like <laughs> we can't, yeah we can't yeah exactly it's just um like we joke you, about, yeah. we, we joke about being like the sons of the retards you couldn't lobotomize but it's just like <laughs> some of these people probably should have been just saying right wing skits to be fair there's a lot of right wing skits of posters that probably deserve an asylum too oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, this is no. this is a this is a bipartisan deal. Some of y'all <laughs> need to be put in the fucking asylum. I uh, I don't I, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Myself included, so I'm sure someone could make the argument. Oh yeah, no, I don't know why I find this so funny. But I remember. Um, and here's the thing: I don't I don't really hate Wyatt. Like, if he's listening to this, I mean, I don't. You know, I he I I just disagree with a lot of his takes. But he's you know you know I I don't like. I don't have personal hatred towards Wyatt, but you know, I don't know why I found this so funny because um, Wyatt had this thread about the mental It's a thread that blew up over the mental health crisis. Yeah. And someone replied, he's like, you, what you do, you just lock them away. You bring back institutions. And then some guy replied to Wyatt. He's like, if they brought back the institutions, you'd be the first one they drag away and lock. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> do you imagine it? It's like, why to be the first one to be carried away? But yeah, and no. you know, I hate to be that guy, but like, and, in the does, white room with black curtains. <laughs> but he's got a point, you know. Yeah, he's got a point. Yeah. Like when I don't you're care. Like screaming at the top of your lungs about about dubs, about Western anime dubs. 
<laughs> like, could you, <gasps> like, even, even if, even if he gets carted off, right? You know, like yeah. crazy. They called me crazy we'll once. Off. I could post on Twitter.com in a padded room. You know, I crazy. I was crazy once. I could post on Twitter.com in a padded room. But like, you know, who cares? <laughs> you need a time to post. <laughs> who, who cares? Who cares? Like the. Honest to God, like the greatest mental asylum has been social media because I can see <laughs> crazy, the, the craziest people oh. make like schizo edits about like mutual saying that like actually the guy's a Peruvian and like he posts in a hut and he just uses the Starbucks Wi-Fi across the corner to talk about hyperbole. We know like, a guy like that. Yeah, I know we know Peruvian. a guy like that. And we know yeah, it, and, who and posted internet cafe. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, you're referring to so and so. Um, I just just uh, referring in general. Lucas, yeah, 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 yeah. But like, at what point? Like the the asylum is just digital, uh, and you yeah. can see that crazy shit all the time. So it's that's just like, like Dora the Stormer, like tweeting from a from a favela. <laughs> yeah, Dora the Stormer tweeting from a favela. Which shout out to Dora because he's the guy that made my uh my profile picture. Yeah. I'm a, in all of my artwork for the merch outside of the well he's done a few of the proof jacks but yeah um although this one was done by mr d the 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 christmas hat one which i quite like but um it's not yet time for the <laughs> christmas hat that can wait that can wait oh it is the it is an funny. asylum though it is an asylum and i i do think that it's true what facebook tweeted out back in 2015 he's like america's just going to become one giant open air insane asylum yeah future yeah <laughs> you know? yeah uh you guys better send in some super chats right now for this keynote content i mean come on guys what are you doing see i like how um, you're doing this on on twitter as well so now everyone can <laughs> listen to what kind of crazy fucking people we are like oh gee this frog faggot should really be in an asylum as well <laughs> you know like <laughs> Oh, God almighty. Oh, man. Don't want to be in asylum. I live a lie. <laughs> I, I can't. I can do a little bit of the David Dream and, uh, you know, the the, 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 the growl, the, the scat singing he does. Mm. That, that was, I remember I saw them when they did the asylum tour. Scat just singing. Yeah. Like, you know, when he does. Ooh, ah, yeah, 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 know, yeah, like, yeah. I know. I'm just. Yeah. Um, I remember like it was, it was crazy. Cause like it was, um. They would play the video of him getting dragged off into an asylum, but then he escapes. He like, you know, he like redacts the guards and then he like goes out and then he comes off on the stage with the same uniform. It was pretty cool when mm. I saw Disturbed. I mean, I was probably like, I mean, it was the most like normie core band that I saw, but it was, you know, pretty good. Nevertheless, um, I haven't, been I shouldn't a, say I haven't, I haven't been to a show since before. COVID. Oh, this was years ago, man. This was years ago. I kind of feel um, bad. I haven't I haven't been to a, a music show since prior to the coup. Yeah, me too. I, last show I saw was the Tea Party. That was the last concert I went to. I saw Andy Schaaf in a bar. That was the last time I yeah. did anything. I think I saw uh, someone in a bar. I don't know. Crazy times. Anyways, did so. Yeah, the thirty-eight the, uh, minutes, kids, and we still haven't talked about the fucking manifesto. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, our Doug, the intern from the old Glory Club, was making fun of us the other day. It was just like, so you know, can't wait for three weeks later when you get to part three of this manifesto. And it's just like, listen, oh, we've man. done that only once for our good friend, billionaire psycho, because it's a great piece, and he has our endorsement. So Doug is going to get a few fingers broken later this week. It's okay. It, yeah, it it's okay. This is a little taste. You know, they gotta. Much. They have the wagey cagey at the office and the 
the old glory club they have like the the silence room that amazon has oh they no no it's, it's it's just a it's just a radiator he's chained to and he occasionally <laughs> tweets with one hand to promote content this I is this, this... doug yeah. doug is imaginary he's not real we're, we're not physically inflicting violence on anyone but no one knows who runs the account which is fantastic and so i didn't uh, see i didn't see like these radfems talking about c uh cnc where is the I, Did RFH I, talk about it? I don't. I don't. I have RFH blocked, so oh, I don't. I don't know if it came from RFH. It may have come from Catherine's replies or something. But I was just like, yeah, Ugh. I'll see. yeah, yeah. I'll see. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. see the super chats, boys. Um, I, I like. I, come on, guys. I mean, uh, listen. We're not going to read the article until I get another super. No, I'm not going to do that. Jeez. <laughs> No, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I'm sorry. Okay, so. <laughs> oh, my God. Read the um, article, Gio. Read the article. Read the article. Okay, what horror is looking? Oh, one, oh, one thing I have to address. Um, uh, so I started it, so it's a while ago. Gio, did you cover the Red Book yet Um, in your Patreon? No, I did not. I will, but I'm thinking, like, if I were to write another book, okay, mm -hmm. I, if I were to write another one, maybe a year from now, um, I probably would write it. I would, I would bring back my university thesis. I got a call. Hold on. Keep talking. Yeah, no problem. I would probably bring back my university thesis on um, Zen and Chinese literati painting and uh, Deleuze Guattari. And I would probably write an actual aesthetic uh, critique or art analysis on Young's paintings in the red book, but that would take like a lot of research. And I would probably have to email the guy who uh, compiled it. Shamdu, uh, Shamdu Am I, am I saying that right? Um, yeah. So that would like be like a year or so from now, but I mean, I, I thought it probably would, I probably would review the red book, but that would take like a whole course type of thing. And I'd want to like, I want to like test, you know, actually reviewing it because I do have a discord, which I've unfortunately been neglecting. So if you become a patron, you can get access to the discord where I, I'd want to like do an actual book club thing. Cause I know people, they like the book club thing. They do. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you do it? Prude? Do you guys have a group call or how does that work? Uh, I, I just Joel used to like record them with like a group of people. Yeah, I mean, I, I do that with StreamYards, uh, and so I just yeah. record them, and then I make them available <clears throat> on Substack, uh, YouTube, I probably do and Drivestar. Um, I mean, I use the Discord to schedule it and let the patrons discuss which books we're going to do. Although I am doing this uh, Stalin's War thing independent of people. I'm doing it kind of like how yeah. Peter Jonas does his book reviews and book readings. So that, that'll be uh, uploaded today. It's actually uploading as we speak. So that'll be available for yeah. channel members, patrons on Subscribestar and Substack. And so uh, it'll be for them for a week. And the next week, it'll be out and available on all, all, on all platforms. So yeah, good time. I, for I, that that's all. what I mean. If I were to write that book, I'd have to like really research it. I'd have to like contact people who are youngians. I mean, I know some people, but you'd have to have do work. To. I'd have to do like actual work. Yeah. Instead of just my own research, I'd have to like go out and uh, yeah. So probably a year or two years from now, I'll probably write another book, but you know, it's just, um, yeah. So, and see those super chats. I saw another one come. So uh, 
anyways, let's get to the article. Finally, um, do we have any other news? Did we want to talk about the Robert E. Lee statue um, or or your new article? Did I mean, you release I just... the Biopower one or no? What the Biopower article? I've written a couple on Biopower, but no, oh, I haven't written. I, no, one the immigration one is the next one I'm working on. That'll be out oh, okay, soon. Okay. I had some. I have some previous writing obligations that I I have to finish prior to that. Um, speaking of which, it's finally out behind the paywall. My review of Saurabh Amari's Tyranny Inc. Oh uh, yeah, on, on yeah, Mars, review, Mars of review of books. Uh, and yeah, you can read that there. Check my community post. Go check out the Mars Review of Books. Go buy a copy if you want a physical one in print. But it has been sprung from the paywall, so you can now go read that in full. And I've been told by the editor and by friends who were together at the Urban Assembly that it was a it was a very good uh, pleasure to to work with them and to work with me. So uh, hopefully, I can write for them more in the future. And now I'm. Please, Sarabum, respond. Uh, I don't know. He has me blocked. So if he responds, I haven't seen it. Because uh, he he blocked me after he was like shitting on uh, the South, and I was like, find someone to love you. Like Sora Bamari hates white people. And, <laughs> uh, I got blocked, so I, I I got a review copy of his book, which I can't disclose how because I got this review copy after he blocked me on Twitter, mm. and um, mm. and it was a good time to to just write. Hey, about did you see that David Reboy is getting paid by the Ukraine, the Hungarian government? Did you see that? <laughs> no, I did not. Actually, what's this all about? He got paid to tweet by Hungary and by Ron DeSantis, and it's like. <laughs> It was just like a portfolio of all of his tweets. It was hilarious. Oh, really? Now I gotta go look yeah, this up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have to look it up. Yeah. David Reboy Hungry. I'd imagine Sareb is getting paid by people, like whoever he works for. Paramount Institute you know. senior fellow David Reboy was evidently paid $35,000 by Hungary to generate positive media coverage. And then if you look at his activities disclosure, it's like 30 PDF screenshots of his tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I wish Orban paid us to. I like Hungary, you know. These are, I these wish are Orban crazy. Paid us. David Reboy, a Hungary, a Hungary loving Qatar hating bodybuilder with ties to John Bolton. Woo! Woo! And, and Man, the this, is some, campaign. this is some great shit. Sorry. We, we like, this is really, we this is really funny to me. Um, oh, man. Uh, one of these screenshots is here's what Hungary paid me to do. Lobbying disclosure is him arguing against a ban on foreign lobbying. Of course. Um, Are you against a ban on foreign lobbying? Well, duh. I mean, he's, is this like a, <laughs> is this a FARA thing? That's a real question. Is this like a for, foreign agent registration act thing? I think so. It is. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's funny. Um, I like, wish I was hungry is sort of like the sketchy place to be. Cause I mean, like Rod Dreher lives there now and <laughs> Uh, all the old right people used to go to Hungary. Then the Hungarians are like, we don't want these people here. So they went. To, they went to Ukraine. I take it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them went to. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of them, like even like people um, who were just like normie cons, went to Hungary. Like, like it wasn't just um, Rod, like a God Rod Dreyer. It was other people too. But well, um, I mean, Rod Dreyer probably also moved there because like he had a nasty divorce and what. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. I'm just like, did oof. he marry a Hungarian woman? No, I don't know if he's remarried yet, although he shouldn't be allowed to remarry. Is it like the Catholic Church where you're married and married forever, technically? Well, that's what Christ tells you, more or less with the exception of, like, spousal abuse or sexual immorality. So unless one yeah. of those two were, like, cheating on each other, you shouldn't be allowed to be getting a, a yeah. allowed to remarry. 
So I just kind of find it interesting in one of his like, oh, I hope to remarry like a nice like Christian girl or something like that. And I'm like, according to God, you're not divorced. So um, mm. Mm, good luck explaining that one before the dread judgment seat of Christ, Mr. Dreyer. But it's not my place to judge. You know, what's funny. Like th there's like certain evangelicals that have like, um, like very crazy, like almost like leftoid stereotypes of like, evangelicals like towards marriage and women and they like like there's this thing they have against about like uh the difference between love and respect like women want love men want respect yeah which i can't understand it's this crazy stuff and like it is borderline abuse like that they're almost preaching about like the woman's role in the marriage and it's like i don't know man like i'm not every protestant or like evangelicals like that of course but there oh, is like there's this one writer what's her name that talks about like the difference between love and respect. Oh man, I forget who it is. But um, anyways, you you've heard about this prude. I mean, you probably, you know, you probably know a lot about the evangelicals. I really don't because I didn't really grow up with a really strong religious upbringing. To be perfect, you were an army brat. You didn't grow up around even. Well, you have to. I don't know. I did, but I mean, like, here's the thing, man. Like, if you like the for for the chaplain services, you you had two choices. You had like the Catholic mass or you mm -hmm. had a, an unspecified non-denominational read that is Baptist, uh, oh you know, service for, for the Protestants. Oh, and like, there was nothing else. There wasn't anything specific to like Presbyterianism or your Lutherans or Anglicans or whatever. Although I'm sure they like, during the Obama years, part. they brought in like an imam and like a rabbi. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to diversify your, your, your whatever. But anyway, so like, I didn't really grow up with it because it really did just turn into like a social club for like the, the wives of the, of the officer corps and it was just like oh, there a church lesson so like we really only went during christmas and easter like a lot of like nominally nominally christian people in america and it wasn't until i was much older did i you know seriously take stock in the value of religion like if you were to see my more cringy libertarian phase i was advocating for you know a less religious gop to focus on like economics and a realist foreign policy like to me the culture richard hanania gop probably yeah exactly that and i i shudder at what i could have become but i mean uh i i thank god every day for nearly um uh, nearly killing me a few times to sort of remind me of who's in charge and but yeah i didn't grow up with it but i mean like it's kind of funny that you you bring this up because uh a friend of mine watches like weird evangelical Protestant television, like Daystar TV. Oh like, man! Yeah. like so. So yeah. apparently, it was started by like Marcus and Joni Lamb. I don't know why I'm reiterating the story, but like I just had her like give me all the details to this, and I like and I was just like talking about. It. I was like, I'm, <laughs> this is just it was pure. It, it's pure gossipy stuff. And to a point where I was like, I felt bad enough to confess about this. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I don't like, so, so Mark, so like Marcus Lamb died of COVID or a heart complication. His like wife quickly remarried some other dude who's got like a show on the program and like the kids oh, that God! still work for the television business are like, uh, back to you, Ma mom and David or whatever. And it's just like, uh, really, like, it's a really sketchy thing. And all the viewers are just like, this is not christian this is not cool that like you've remarried so quickly that that you know the the wedding was shown for quite a few days and stuff like that and, and then of yeah. course it's like really big zionist evangelical tv like aid to israel and shit like that and so i'm just like you know and i was telling my friend i was like you know maybe they have to don't fight watch, the maybe don't watch this anymore and she's like yeah i don't think i'm gonna watch it anymore and i'm like good because this is awful 
because like I just I don't understand. I'm like the, the, there's there's one Israel and it's not the nation state that was made in 1948 by subversion, terrorism, and murder. But that's a whole other story. And there's... I was just like, oh, this, this <laughs> evangelical marriage shit is weird. Get me out of here. I'm uncomfy. Hey, I'm uncomfy. There's a lot of like, yeah. There's like my GF was talking to me about this. You know, being in America, right? Um, like they, there was like a lot of like these weirdo like conservative christian but it's like xenophilia too like they always had to adopt a child from africa that was like a big trend in the 20 in the 2000s where like evangelical couples like the the pastor would like adopt african children and it was like a fashion statement almost yeah i mean it's a huge fashion like the adoption industry uh is really messed up and i think there's there's a lot of like homeless black children in america you could adopt why do you have to go to africa you know what I mean? But that's it's not... easy to it's easy to traffic them, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's like really weird, like how that became like a status symbol with them. And it's like, listen, I'm not bashing Protestants, I'm not bashing like even though I'm talking about like the industry of the mega church evangelical that a lot of Christians would say is a grift, anyways. Like that, like you know what I'm talking like Joel Olstein evangelical. Yeah, yeah, that know? mega church prosperity gospel shit, you know, yeah. like uh, you're adopting not, African children left and right, and it's like, well, it's easy, like, well, like, well, it, it really, it really kicked off after the Haiti earthquake in like 2011 yeah. or whatever, yeah. and it's just like it made it so easy to traffic just like third world brown children of your choice, like it was just an accessory, and it's like that's a human life, like. I get yeah. it, right? Even if you don't find that, like, even if you have different opinions on like the the rest of the world, but it's just like that's a kid, and like you're just yeah. like plucked out of like the middle of nowhere. And maybe he has a, a materially better life or whatever, but like, what's the odds of it just being abused or just a status symbol or just that person yeah. trying to be on like drugs or anything well, like that? The difference is Louis Cachet is that like the Catholic Church actually goes to Africa, <laughs> actually goes to Africa and like converts them. But yeah, how is the Catholic Church any better? I gotta agree with that. That is, you know, like, it, the it's just a, it, it's just a a disaster in all respects. Yeah. And so you're just like, oh, like this is awful in all respects of the uh, of the word. And uh, human trafficking is easier now than ever. And human trafficking is even more legal if you're a homosexual. Exactly, Sergey. Exactly, 100%. Like, there I'm not go. racist. I adopted is. an African. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Like, this monster Does everyone way, remember? Right? Like, like, does everyone just forget like the movie The Blind Side where Sandra Bullock wins an Oscar for just being like, I adopted a poor black retard and made him like a star winning like football player. Like, is, is, do we just not have a memory of that anymore? Do we not? Yeah, yeah. And she, he's like six foot five and she's like five and foot she's, one. Yeah, she's yeah. like five foot like eight or whatever. And like this like just like, giant Let me tell you, Hulk boy, thing. you gotta keep going. Yeah, it's keep like, going. You're gonna play that game. Quitters don't quit, you know. Like they quit for life. And it's just like he could kill you in an instant. Yeah. What if we had this? I adopted a base right wing body, but well, you know, there is like women in Sweden who adopt migrants that are like like 19 years old. I yeah, we know why. Doing. Yeah, I wonder what they're I wonder doing. Why. I wonder you why. Know? Oh god. Wow. Yeah, the African, the children, the migrant children, they're like 25 years old. unbelievable 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 man this is what no but apparently you know what's crazy though is that like in these like big church evangelicals um there's like at the one end there's like extreme like stereotypical woman 
like, you know, put in their place misogyny by interpreting the Bible and inter interpreting St. Paul in a certain way. But on the other end, there's also like extreme longhouseism where you have like these evangelical women groups that have like do the Enneagram stuff and they're like, you know, they're like all into this gossipy like type of stuff and they're like pastor's wife, wives type of shit, you know? Like it's like really schizophrenic in a way how they like have to like do a synthesis of like extreme biblical misogyny with extreme longhouseism. It's like very weird. I don't know. It's, I mean, as Catholics, we have our own weird stuff, of course, but it's just like, I don't know, man. It's like, ugh, I don't know. It, My uh, based mommy GF it, adopt me. Oh, yeah. Wow. It, it sets me, Maybe. It, it puts me in the wrong, wrong, wrong place. I mean, the Orthodox Church has some stuff too, like you know. With oh, I don't. No, no one is. Yeah, immune but to not this. as like extreme as like I don't know. No one is immune to this in any way, shape, yeah. or form. Uh, I'm just simply pointing out that it is. Uh, it makes me sick to my stomach, and it's unsettling, and it's wrong, and it yeah. should be uh, destroyed. And uh, that that. Uh, that well, I had a question, Prude. Yeah, go for yeah. it. Okay, so like you know how like an Orthodox priest can marry? Is it that like? you can become a priest and marry before you go into the seminary or can you get married after you become a priest as well? How does that work? I think it's before. So um, you can't get married after you become a priest. To my understanding, no, you, you cannot. Oh, interesting. But uh, again, I, yeah. that is beyond my, uh, beyond my understanding. I, I have not done enough look into that. I mean, either which way, if I were to pursue that route, right? Like I would yeah. just think to myself, Oh, you know, um, you should get married first. <laughs> I should get married <laughs> first. Uh, if not, I'm, I have to die hard and commit myself to exactly what I am yeah. doing, which is, uh, making sure I commit my life fully to Christ in that instance. You know what? Like, I hate to say it prude, you know, I know, listen, listen, I know this is going to sound bad being a Catholic, but that is kind of like a good way. I think that's a pretty even approach because like, it's not that like the, the priest being able to marry thing, like without saying it for YouTube, it prevents a certain demographic from hiding in the seminary and, and you know, hiding themselves. If you know what I mean, when it comes to the Catholic church experience. So, you know, I, I am under a, a similar opinion. I think that if you yeah. weed out a certain demographic that has a propensity to say, oh, you don't have to be married with a wife or you have to be celibate and you're going to attract a certain crowd of people. But of again, course. this is I'm not I'm not going to get into that here or there. And we've been talking for an hour and we haven't gone into the article yet. The Mark and dress. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's the, it's, it's, as someone said, it's the Fez and Frog special that we talk mm. for an hour before we even talk about whatever the hell we're supposed to talk about. Yeah. So, uh, Jamie, why don't you pull that up? <laughs> okay. But I was, I, I kind of agree with Louis Cachet here. It is like the ramming obsession with image of marriages. But yeah, because it becomes like this political cudgel, you know what I mean? It becomes a status symbol of a political nature where it's like, well, I'm married and I have a kids and I'm a trad. And it's like, you know, uh, uh, I'm not going to be like those liptards. And, uh, I'm not, anyway, not going to be like those fur baby liptards. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, but if you treat your bait, like if you treat your actual child, like a fur baby, you're no different than a libtard. Exactly. You know, 100%. like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not one of those guys. And it's just like, actually you are. Yeah. Well, we know a lot of guys who are married. We know a lot of women who are married. 
and, and yeah, I know, fun, but they're know? not they're not treating their children like fur babies. They're exactly, not treating them yeah. as a political status symbol. And the people that yeah. do do that, or like the quote unquote wife guys that are like all obsessed about getting married, oh, like terrible, if I just man. get married and if I just have kids and I do the bare minimum that everyone else has done throughout the human history, I, I own the libs. And it's like, <laughs> but you don't. You don't. You don't. You you don't. don't. The libs are gonna own you if you cede all institutions to them. Yeah, libs are gonna like, own your kids one day. Yeah, the libs will own your kids one day. Like, yeah, here you go. Thank you, Katie J, who is also a married woman. By the way, um, I agree. You have to Jeremy Boring out there saying marriage saves men's lives, which is about as serious as the shit silly lip saying race swapping characters saves lives. <laughs> so true. It's so true. Like oh my you God. shouldn't you shouldn't feel like you're owning the libs for doing the bare minimum of continuing the human species. I feel bad that a you know a well-to-do married woman watches her like absolute nonsense. <laughs> I, oh, you know, I do, I do. There's I, more than one married woman that watches this show. It's crazy to think about. Uh, oh, my friend Beth watches this show. She has two children. She lives in Australia. She's married, you know, and she's a good artist and she watches the show. I don't well, know what time is, what time is it in Australia? That's a great question. I don't know. Isn't there like a 12 hour time difference? 13 hour time yeah. difference? Is it the other day? Is it Friday? Is it tomorrow? It's yeah, it's tomorrow. It's it's this Friday. is why the Australians make the perfect accelerationists because they live in the future. They do. Uh, <laughs> that's so stupid. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's true uh, though. It's true. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. get on to the marketing. Let's get to the article. Finally. Uh, an hour and one minute. So new record kids. Like it's, well, so... we had some good Kino in that first hour. I think. We did. We did. We did. We did. Let's let's, but exactly like if you treat marriage and children, like a fair, like for example, our good friend, Vril, his wife's on Twitter, and she doesn't follow me still. What's her name? Goth, goth mom. Is that her name? Goth. I don't know. I I don't. I follow just. I just follow real. I don't need to follow someone else's wife on Twitter. There's something yeah, odd. There's something odd about that, you know. Although I like it anytime that someone like replies to Vril's wife, and Vril's like, she's talking about me. I will kill you and eat you alive. <laughs> and I'm like, like Vril is jacked. And like, is, it's man. just like, he's a like six foot something Jack bodybuilder. And it's just like, listen, man, she's talking about two me. Kids. I'm married to her. I will eat you alive. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, real. You will. Yes, you will. Uh, that shit's entertaining to me. But Shout yeah, out to no. our friend real and his wife, goth mom. Yeah. They have two kids. Yeah. Anyways. Um, and our good friend, country Cope Cadillo, he to post this picture. Of course he blurred the face out. I highly recommend if you have kids and you want to share photos, Please, whatever you do, God, for the love of God, blur their faces out. Like, totally. But he shared, he taught his kid how to sail. That was pretty cute. Based. Taught his oldest kid how to sail. Based. Based. Anyways, Based. techno optimist. By the way, oh, oh we're, we're like an hour into the show. Did anyone get the title reference to this week's episode? Did anyone get it? I'm waiting for the chat. Did you get by, I'm not a pessimist, I'm an optometrist? Did you get that reference? The Trailer Park Boys reference? Yeah! I'm a Ricky! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not a pessimist. I'm an optometrist. Um, I, yeah, that is a pretty common reference. But anyways. Um, so yeah, we were at the Trailer first... Boys conference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we were, at, we, were at, we were at technology. Which, every you know, everything good is downstream of growth. And I'm like, you know, cancer has that same opinion. Exactly. Yeah. I think that like, uh, you know, 
the, the question of growth, what I was going to say last week is that this is a question that does cross ideological lines because um, it, it's something that, um, oh, I don't know if I should reference this because of, well, you know, the way uh, Ulysses said that, like, you know, degrowth is basically just like left Thatcherism. And in my article, in, in the chapter I wrote about, um, it, it's called Guy and Kitsch Capitalism in my book. I talk, I use that phrase left Thatcherism, but at the same time, I mean, you know, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty fascinated with a lot of the like 2010s pine tree stuff. And I think that, you know, there, there I get what Andreasen's trying to say, but there is that thesis. I believe Nick Land talked a little bit about it where the ability of growth cannot keep up with human demand nor could it keep up with the ability of depleting the earth's resources. Yeah. There's like a very weird sliding scale there. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. Um, but because this question seems to cross ideological lines because both the left and the right struggle with this in terms of the question of growth or the question of stopping growth or curtailing it or the natural, the sort of natural dictates of a break limit to growth, which is another thing I think and Dryson's sort of papering over, in my opinion. But yeah. Yeah, no, I I I understand the desire to be optimistic, but even optimism and telling people to be investing in you, I you know, for all the things that Kaczynski got wrong about, you know, the ability to have it change our way that we perceive the world and the way it makes us short-sighted and the way that it uh cripples our capability to empathize or think long term and then we're stuck in this like feedback loop of uh you know over socialization you know I, I, as much as he was blind to the benefits you know i feel like yeah Andreasen and them are just blind to the the the, the drawbacks but then again yeah. like in my opinion if you see that we're going to encounter like a human capital crisis where the world is going to not be capable of doing what these guys want to do. I would be as accelerate, put my, I would just strap a brick to the, the accelerator. And <laughs> yeah. Not think about it. Cause like, it's the same thing with Elon Musk. Like he's already being attacked by the federal government for following the law of not hiring asylum seekers and us non-citizens because he has contracts with the DOD. So yeah, he's being sued for not being diverse enough, despite the fact He's following the law. And regardless of the fact whether or not that lawsuit or whatever plays out, it does illustrate like, oh, they really want you to be incapable from a human capital perspective to go to Mars. So like, yeah, yeah. accelerate, baby. Get me out of here before like, you know, diverse competency crisis hordes tell me it's impossible to go to the moon again. Yeah, here we are. exactly. Oh yeah, New Gloff is also married. There you go. There you go. Over six years married over two young one year old. That's that's cute. Um yeah. there's something uh wait, I'm scrolling up, so Okay. Oh yeah, Kate's been in seventeen years with her husband. That's crazy. Um anyways, anyways, uh so I think we read up to this part. We believe technology is a lever of the world, the way to make more with okay so yeah i contended with the more with less that that was basically like what um we were talking about 
Yeah. Uh, the main driver of economic growth, wage growth, and creation of new industries and new jobs as people and capital are continuously freed to do more important. Um, someone told me that I should read a bit slower and not just like panic read. Uh, <laughs> wage growth and the creation of new industries and new jobs as people and capital are continuously free to do more important, valuable things in the past. Now, <laughs> oh, Prude, boy. let me ask you, the creation of new technology, has it led to people kind of doing more productive things? In one sense, yeah, that's undeniable. But has it really, in a way? Yeah. I, I Ra- kind of disagree with that. Raises some concerning questions. Well, it creates new desires that create pseudo-activities. This is what Ted Kaczynski was saying. But I think even Jacques Ellul talks about this, how like the lever of human activity in one sense becomes as you unburden us from more physical labor, more menial and mental labor takes in to like consume the hours of your day and to consume the calories of your brain space, if that in your mental energy. So it's like it kind of like there's an equilibrium there instead of like total like Marxism where it's like, it's funny because accelerationism and Marxism (laughs) share like some assumptions together. Like one of them being that if you free up the worker that they're going to like, you know, do a little bit of work during the day, go fishing in the evening, you know, read philosophy at nighttime. Well, it's like, it's like the four hour work week, you know? Yeah, exactly. I, I want it to, I want it to be, I want it to be real. But oh yeah, definitely. I think I'm, al- I'm also I'm also jobs, just yeah. like skeptical because it is so like you it is kind of innately utopian. Yeah, and it's just like well, can you can you accomplish that? I don't know if you can. Well, I will say something, Prude. I, I will say something for like, and I and I and I, let me clarify yeah. that statement before people think I'm just like a total luddite or, or pessimist. I right. don't think it can happen because government won't let it happen. Yeah, and that's the that's the Nate little libertarian in me thing. Like, you know, could you potentially have? Because I have a bullshit fake work job that I work forty hours a week with, and it's just mm-hmm. like I could I easily don't work forty hours a week. Yeah, obviously by the amount of content and amount sh- stuff I shit post with on the internet, could I make that a four hour work day and be good and done and still be earning a full time job? Yeah, theoretically, yes. Is that going to happen? Probs not. Uh, that's that's my you know, that, that's my point. But well, go, yeah, go no, on. I think corporations as well wouldn't let that happen because there's a lot of incentive structures to keep the nine to five um, work week. Like, this is one thing I will agree with like Bernie bros and like, uh, you know, people like David Graeber, peace be upon it. Like, you know, God rest his soul, David Graeber. Um, didn't agree with everything he said, of course, but it, it was tragic the way he died. Right. You know, yeah. Um, he had a point in bullshit jobs that, his book because it's like you know corporations they kind of have to keep up this appearance of a fake economy that will not let you just work your four hours a week and like get everything done like there's proceduralism there's nonsense that other people rely like basically there are a whole contingent of job like jobs in the job market that are basically parasitical upon people's time yes that you know conduct meetings and push paper and like move things around. Like there's a whole contingency tertiary economy of people that just suck time up. Right. And, and I think like that incentive structure for corporations and also like you were saying governments to like lower the work week to four hours a week 
it would create massive efficiency, but you would also create huge pools of like basically uh, laborless people that will have to like eat up government services because now you've destroyed their jobs uh, by just wasting people's time. Yeah. Like HR would go away. Like, you know what I mean? So. And, and HR isn't going to go away, you know, like, a- HR is like just they're the, David Graeber the, wrote the book bullshit jobs, I believe. Yeah. What what was That's, his comment real quick? Sorry. Um, there was a sociologist that wrote the Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, it was no, David Graeber. It had I can make sure it was real quick. Bullshit jobs. Um David Graeber, yeah, he wrote yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. He yeah, was he a did. sociologist. Yeah, David Graeber. Yeah, that's um, what but he was correct, you know that book. I mean, I, he, listen, I have a like I have a bullshit job. I know this, but like well, a lot of libertarians, like Tom Woods, they hate that book. But it's but know. there's truth to it, though. I mean, yeah, like 100%. how much of our economy is just made full of bullshit jobs? I mean, I do you, I, have, I, you think your job's bullshit? My job, job, of course, is bullshit. I don't produce <laughs> anything meaningful. I'm not happy with it. Why do you think I'm looking for a job that puts me in a fucking office? Like yeah. I, I wrote about this at the beginning of the, like at the beginning in 2021, I was simply saying like, look, it's going to be nice that we can all work from home. And it's going to be nice to not deal with the office and all sorts of office bullshit. But the big problem is, is that you are now inviting labor into your home. You're now inviting your employer into your home. Exactly. Why? Because you're working from home, your phone and your computer, you have to set strict boundaries. And the one thing that I liked about going to an office is, is that once I left the office, I was fucking done. Uh, and nowadays yeah. that isn't the case because at any point in time you can be texted, you can be emailed, you can be called, you can be on your computer and someone will ding you about, Hey, can you log on to teams and like come in for this meeting to explain stuff on your day off? And it's like, oh, fuck God, you. Teams. No, I don't want to. And so, but that's how it is. So yeah, yeah. Like, there's plenty of bullshit jobs. Like, why is it that, like every woman that works in an office is like some kind of like project manager with certification and what do they do? They do nothing. They update a fucking Monday board. Like yeah, most jobs are bullshit, but most jobs are bullshit because you got to keep women employed. And you also have to like keep men from like not wanting to off themselves because they need a paycheck to live. Uh, and I know that this sounds like really like lefty and whatnot, but like jobs. Well, not the woman part, but certainly the other parts. Yeah. But I mean, like there are there are bullshit jobs. And yeah. so, yeah, it, it's nice that I have a bullshit job that helps like pay for gas and meds and stuff. But like uh, if I could do something a little more meaningful, that'd be great because, um, you know, men want to be challenged. Men want to be able to go home at the end of the day and say, like, yeah, I did something that was, like, worthwhile or that, like, hey, I built that. Um, ironically, Sergey is 100% right. Yeah, working from working home. From yeah, home. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That is one of the it's earliest one step videos. one living in the pod. This is one of the earliest videos that got some major traction and attention was about the, the, the dangers of working from home. And I feel like I'm fucking vindicated. Um, but Plus, let's, like, let's, the, let's the, the, mat, the mat of, like, three years ago is not the prudentialist of today. Like you could like go to an office every day. You don't have like physical limitations anymore. Right. So no, well, I mean, I, yeah, but even then, right. Like, uh, we weren't, yeah, not every office three years ago or even, yeah, not, not every office three years ago was like locked down work from home. Even in 2021, they were like masking, social distancing, no, like, you know, person right next to your computer workstation, and it was just like, cool, I've got space. But now it was like being in a movie theater with a really loud a group of certain people because everyone would just like shout across the room. And it's like, please shut the hell up. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, let, let, let's 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 move on. on. I'm glad that we're doing a show that is like actual about issues instead of drama or whatever. Um, yeah. 
Aren't you glad you, we're not a drama show? Uh, sometimes I'm, I like I like to balance it a digital archipelago. You know, let's I think that's where we drive so well. Why people but, enjoy us because we're, we're not really we're a not, drama. Channel. Well, we're not. We're not. Not no offense to them, but like we're not Kino Casino. Yeah, exactly. You know, it gets to see drama. There's something my friend said. Um, drama gets boring after a while because, like, you have to keep feeding into it in order for it to work. And yeah. after a while, people get like tired of it. Like, Absolutely. how many times can you like go over like this is what Teddy Fuser is doing? This is what this so and so is doing. This is what like it's after a while. It's like who cares? You know what I mean? Like, Ethan Ralph is always going to be uh, there's always going to show up on stream drunk. I'm sorry. Okay, that's the reality of Ethan Ralph. That's his life. So yeah. it's like you know, you know, like um, what can what more can Ethan Ralph do to like inspire people to become drama mongers? I don't know. It's just like what can you do? Like it's um, I don't know, man. Like <laughs> I uh, I I don't know. I'm gonna get you, Joshua Connor, man. Like it's like what was he like? Draw he like he called up PVP. He used to have his truck. He's like, I got a red truck, PVP. It's <laughs> he was all drunk. It's like, okay, fine. It's like, here's the freaks. You know, it's like the, the whack pack of, well, at least when Howard Stern was doing the whack pack, like, you know, it was, even that got boring after a while, man. Like who, who cared? Like, I mean, some of them are dead now. Like that, that guy, um, the, 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 the little person, what was his name? The, the drunk, uh, I think one of, a few of them are dead now from the whack pack. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know enough about it to tell you. Um, yeah, but the internet's full of whack packs, so it's like Howard Stern became redundant after a while. Um, you know. Uh, yeah. Anyways, wow, that's like you know. Um, yeah, so some people are just gonna be, you know, Jeff the drunk, and that's fine. But I yeah. just feel like there's better things to pay attention to. Some people are gonna be elegant Elliot often, and it's not gonna, you know. Ugh. Um. Productivity growth causes prices to fall, supply to rise. Okay, we know all this. We believe this is the story of the material development of our civilization. This is why we are not still living in mud huts, ecking out meager survival and waiting for nature to, <laughs> to redact us. We believe this is why our descendants will live upon the stars. We believe this is why there is no material power, whether created by nature or by technology, that cannot be solved with more technology. Um... What about created by God? What about that? Um, uh, yeah, as soon as this like really got popular, he put out some like, you know, AI, you know, image prompt Byzantine style where it's like you're worshiping like God the Father as a machine. And I was just like, yeah, I, I can't get on board. He's not really with... an atheist, Mark Andreessen, is he? Or is he some weirdo like accelerationist type? I couldn't tell you, um, but it certainly it made it rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> Well, you know, the thing is, like, Andreasen seems like an all right dude. You know what I mean? Like, I don't oh, know I'm actually, sure I don't have an issue with him. I just uh, these well, ideas I mean, are kind of funny to us. It, <laughs> it, it, it goes back to the issue of religion to me. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, so we, we believe this is why our descendants will live upon the stars. Uh, we have a problem of starvation. So we invented the Green Revolution. We have a problem. of Yeah, but then there's also problems with that. There's a lot of. um. There's that Hindu woman that wrote the book critiquing the Green Revolution. She's I, like a, I haven't seen it or read it. Well, you know what's funny is that she was like a hardcore lefty, right? And she like went to the UN, but then she was like talking about sea dolls and everything back in the day. And she was talking about like the Terminator strains in, in the seats. Um, 
I believe she wrote the book Seeds of Destruction. Uh, if everyone can pull, she's like an Indian. She's a Hindu woman. Um, anyways, we have a power of darkness. So we invented electric lights. We have a problem of quotes. So we invented indoor heating. Uh, well, you invented fire before that. We have a problem being so we invented air conditioning. I was like, yeah, isolation. We had, we had, so we, we invented fire at one point. Oh, and here's the one where Andreasen got shredded by somebody. That was like a Bernie bro. We have a problem of isolation, so we invented the internet. Oh, that's like Vedanta Shiva. Thank you, Vedanta Shiva. That's who I was referring to. Okay, uh, Prude, let's we gotta tackle this one. We have a problem of isolation, so we invented the internet, which ergo led to more isolation. Um Yeah, I the the, <laughs> the, you, the, the answer the answer to this yeah. is Gary Turkle's twenty eleven book alone together. Yeah, alone to yeah, yeah, that's a great book. Yeah. No, I mean he's got a point though. I mean uh, that's how we know each we in, other. We invented the internet as a mechanism to survive and communicate with governments and institutions in the event of nuclear war. Yeah, yeah. It was ARPANET's not great and it sucked ass, but uh, yeah. this has a defense capability root, not anything else. And uh, to acknowledge... Do you think the American government has a backdoor to most internet servers, right? Almost, so, uh, yeah, almost all of them yeah. outside of the Chinese, probably. Mm -hmm. So uh, I can't say I'm... The Chinese have their own backdoors. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what I you know what I realized that um, you know what's funny about the Chinese? Yeah, is that um, I was I was watching this um, I think it was a GDF video, and he's all over. He's like basically just anti-American, you know, like yeah, yeah, anti-Western, anti-American, anti-West. Yeah, but he's got great videos. And did you know the Tiananmen Square thing kind of was a psyop? In the sense of like why they did it, um, the Chinese actually allowed protesters, and they ended up like killing a few Chinese military personnel, and like you know putting fire to tanks. And it's funny because like it was unironically the interpretation of Nevermore. It, World Dane wrote the lyrics to the song. It's called the Tiananmen Man. How he was like manipulating the media as like a spectacle. Yeah, I think you've talked about like, this before. Yeah, and it's like unironically. The true narrative of like Nevermore got it correct. World Dane, again, God rest his soul. He, you know, untimely death. He was only fifty years old. He died of alcoholism. One of my my favorite singer in the world. So R.I.P. World Dane. Uh, but he was correct. Like the Tiananmen Man was like this manipulative spectacle. And the reason that the Chinese didn't like immediately run him over is because he knew they knew the ca the, the cameras were running. So it was like a total spectacle. And and. Uh, so yeah, even Tiananmen, like I remember like even boomers on Fox News because of the anti-Chinese neocon thing, right? Not to say, like, listen, we don't endorse the Chinese either. We're not Jackson Hinkle or, you know, but it's true, man. Like this boomer hatred of the Chinese, the Tiananmen Square thing was kind of like a psyop. It was like a Western, like, and they like redacted Chinese military people. And, you know, so yeah, Um I, I was fascinated by that prude. But anyways, anyway, so yeah, the internet creates, I would say that, you know, Andreasen does have a point, but at the same time, the internet has bred a more nuanced form of isolation more than ever. And you can't deny that. Um, yeah. So, exactly. Uh, who is your favorite singer Tuesday? Because I know Chuck Schuldiner died of brain cancer. Um that was tragic, man. He was only 32 years old, Chuck Schuldiner. Uh, you know, from death? I couldn't believe it, man. Like that, 
But you know, I I like to think that Chuck Schuldiner he lived on a high note. Like he did, Chuck Schuldiner contributed more to music and, and you know in humanity than anyone could ever achieve you know, accomplish at the age of thirty two. You know what I mean? Oh, Jimmy yeah. Buffett died. Yeah, Jimmy Buffett died. He died recently. Um, yeah, it was a recent tragic, death, right? Or my yeah, it was last September. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm not like I'm not going insane. Yeah, he died. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he September first. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, cause you never know what these things, man. Like, um, yeah. there's so many celebrity deaths that bleed together. Um, like Matthew Perry's dead. Death comes Matthew... in three. So who else is dying? Or was he the third? You know, like yeah, I think he was the third. Some Palestinians died. Some Israelis died. Some Matthew Perry had. Oh, to speaking die. speaking of Matthew Perry, we have problem pandemics, so we invented no comment. Let's move past. Yeah, that. we invented inoculations. Yeah, which uh, I mean, okay, he is correct. Yeah, we're not like against. I'm not totally against them. No, I'm not just, either. Uh, I just yeah. uh, the, the these new ones aren't so great. Yeah, yeah. So let's move on for YouTube. You know, we have a problem with poverty, so we invented technology to create abundance. But but again, like that's yes, we've created abundance. We've created new farming methods, but there is always a price for everything. Um, like. Like, this is what Vedanta Shiva was talking about. That, you know, with new farming technology comes the unintended consequences of that. Yeah. In our diets, even just the world population, which, I mean, maybe we shouldn't bring up. But, you know, it's like, mm. there's unintended consequences to everything. And I think that, the unfortunately, I, I hate to say it, but this is sort of like a tenant of the boomer truth regime. That capital, at least it was. Yeah. If you're a conservative boomer, the capitalism and, and, you know, the green revolution and all this, that it's an inherent good. And, you know, we created new technologies and, you know, ignore the seed oils, ignore the Terminator strains uh, that, that basically enslaved their world farmers to like Western mega corporations. Um, so yeah, there's unintended consequences to everything. Uh, but give us the real world problem and we can invent technology that will solve it. Uh, again, I mean. Oh, I mean, we do. I mean, this is the whole. We do, we, yeah. I, I, I wonder. I do wonder if Andreas and, and them read *Man and Technics* by Spangler. That's my real he probably question. Probably has because oh, yeah. you know, like we do, in, we invent it, and we are man. Uh, Spangler would argue that man's evolution is built is also around his tools. As the hand, uh, our tools, you know, invented how we used our hands. Our hands also invented how we would shape our tools. The sort of like, yeah, exactly. You know, um, I don't want to say. I don't know what kind of relationship that would be, but you know, it, it illustrates that like it's been part of it. And we've we've used a technology to in a way revolt against nature and that that, that fight against nature is hopeless and it's gonna be long and bloody and optimism yeah. is cowardice. But you know, this is the optimist manifesto. And so it makes me wonder how do you how how at the end of the day do you beat nature? How do you beat the invention of the accident? But we'll 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 continue on. Well, even the, the Enlightenment couldn't figure that one out, even. No. I mean they tried, but you know, um, I mean, I mean, <coughs> excuse me, um, to Andreasen's credit, like this does have a lot of, um, philosophic history. Yes. But, um, do we want to go over it? Well, I guess we have to, the markets one. Um, we believe free markets are the most efficient way to organize a technological economy. Willing buyer meets willing seller price uh, stuck both side benefits from exchange or it doesn't happen. Profits are the incentive for producing supply that fulfills demand. Price encodes information uh, about supply and demand. Markets cause entrepreneurs to seek out high price as a signal of opportunity to create new wealth by driving those prices down. 
again, these are all kind of like, I don't mean to sound like a leftoid, but these assumptions are kind of, uh, uh, hasn't meted mm. out that cleanly in the real world. I mean, you would, I mean, you're more of an economics person than I am, but we not, believe the market not, economy is not that much. Well, you know, I mean, like, there's an argument to me that, like, markets actually tend towards monopoly and towards the grinding down of efficiency based on the comfortableness, the comfort level of certain corporations. That is also a given. That's something that Hayek's knowledge problem did not factor into. Um, we believe well, the market Especially economy... now, because we know less. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, we believe market economy is a discovery machine, a form of intelligence. Well, he's correct. Yeah, he's kind of correct about that. An exploratory, evolutionary, adaptive system. Um, yeah, people find cheat codes and exploits for everything, it seems. Yeah. So I, I would say that the economy or a, a sort of quote-unquote market economy is a form of evolutionary intelligence in that people try to find cheat codes and exploits. People try to find, um, you know, selling high, bidding low. It's like, you know, people... There is a form of decentralized intelligence in the way that economic activity mediates out, but it's just that that does that intelligence always geared towards innovation? That is the debatable question, which I feel that Andreas and, and other like libertarians tend to gloss over because you know they've read Hayek and Friedman and, but you know, yeah. Um, we believe Hayek's knowledge problem overwhelms any centralized economic system. All actual information is on the edges in the hands of people closer to the buyer. The central abstracted away, the center abstracted away from both buyer and the seller knows nothing. Centralized planning is doomed to fail. The system of production and consumption is too complex. Decentralization harnesses complexity for the benefit of everyone. Centralization will starve you to death. Well, he is kind of correct, but then what happens when corporations do that centralization? <laughs> It's like, what happens? Yeah. Um, what happens when platforms can censor people way more effectively than the government and thus knowledge is impeded, even though if the knowledge is from, you know, come Graper 88. Well, I mean, uh, this is the thing yeah. that, um, ironically, that's sort of like the, the quote unquote private tyranny that Amari talks about. I mean, his answer is just yeah. to be a shit lip and be like Elizabeth Warren and like re regulate it. But again, yeah. that begs, it, it, it not begs, but it raises the important fact of like, when you have such a disseminated governmental system of unelected bureaucrats and managers that will have Congress write laws that just simply tell them to actually make the laws, what's the point? Yeah, true. You know, yeah. and, and so, yeah, like Congreper 88 can be like the new uh, go-to man for the news or be some kind of like propagandist for the other side that is telling another part of the story that is important to understand that's who Ricky Vaughn was and look what happened. Well, yeah. And I'm that, that dude's in prison. So like at the end of the day, yeah. who's, who's got the power well it's going to be the state like this reminds me of a conversation that uh morgoth and i were like passing back and forth and he posed in a video of his it's just like well what if amazon wanted to go to war with france amazon's never going to go to war with france without the tacit endorsement of the united states federal government yeah at no present point in time has a nation state government at least the government of a nation state ever felt threatened by the power of a corporation at this present moment because at the end of the day the yeah. government if ever felt threatened it would bring all force to bear upon it and own it um yeah, i don't well, i yeah. do uh, now there is that there are, there is the likelihood that that could change anytime soon mm -hmm. there's I, i'm not open i'm this is not an iron law i'm simply saying that it's easier for these guys to pay them off with some money do some campaign finance get federal because they know if the federal government really wanted to do it they could do exactly what they did with integrating schools. 
and just yeah. nationalize the, the 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 state national guards and fuck these guys up and do what's necessary, you know? Well, you know what's funny, Prude, is that Amazon didn't go to physical war with France, but you know what corporation went to economic war with France? Apple. Oh, well, no, they Apple. To, well, they kind of went to war with the EU in general over regulation. Yeah. No, um, Boeing. At the behest of the American government. The American yeah. government lobbied for Boeing in France. And that's why French Air has mostly Boeing planes because of the American government. And that's sort of like the problem of like Boeing goes to economic war with France. America goes to diplomatic war with France at the behest of Boeing. So it's like, you know, there's a big, and this happened in the 2000s, this happened under Bush. Or was it Obama? It was under Bush. It was under Bush. Um, Bush, Bush Jr. So yeah. it's like, you know, like you remember that. I mean, maybe you didn't remember, but you heard about that, the Boeing thing in the French government. The American government basically lobbied for Boeing in France. And and I believe it was Sarkozy at the time. He's like, we don't want this because we have a better deal with the British airline. Um, with with I forget the British corporation. Not that was not not, not to mention that you also have to do um you have to get around the fact that like America has been pressuring France for a really long time to like yeah quit quit your quit your manufacturing deals with Iran. Yeah, yeah, because the French, you know, French intellectuals always had this thing about uh Iran too, right? Like there was yeah. a lot, like even Foucault. Uh, admired uh <laughs> as a gay man into uh, bdsm um but no it's like the french like they had to begrudgingly go along with it though because they like there's the problem right there and this is where the libertarians are correct is that like the american government forcing a nation to go with a worse deal for the same equivalent product of airlines that's kind of fucked up that's like that is bad man that's like you know but of course, the American government did it for a reason, right? Because yeah. Lockheed Martin and Boeing have to have a bottom line, and that's the reality of it. You know why? Why is it that Lockheed Martin has military contracts for Stinger missiles when I'm sure some corporation in Europe or elsewhere or China can manufacture Stinger missiles for the Ukrainians way cheaper, right? And of course, yep. the Russian, the Kremlin's laughing at them because it takes it takes two years almost to like. Uh, I believe it takes two years to manufacture a thousand stinger missiles. I, I could be wrong about that, but I believe it's like one and a half to two years. So, you know, there you go. Um, uh, so let's move on. Um, we believe markets lift people out of poverty. In fact, markets are very, by uh, far the most efficient way to lift vast numbers of people out of poverty, whether that's not that's a good or not, that's debatable. Um, and also, however, has depends, depends on how you value human life. Yeah, true. Um, even but like statistically speaking, most like pro capitalist guys will flat out tell you like, listen, you know, the number of people that are living under one dollar a day or whatever, yeah, you know, that's been reduced, and they could argue that that's a net good or whatever. But like, yeah, you know, not. Sure, less people are dying and line go up, so things are good. The ergo free market's great, right? Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna entertain uh the tankies or commies on this, like the whole system yeah. is understanding. But like look, so far people are living better, and that, that's something to go with. That's true. Yeah, that is true. I mean, but but at the same time, like there's a lot of people like um the one like these tankies, like they'll they'll have this cool point about like, well, you know, uh Russia. Uh, the the communism they took a 
like a, a primitive backwoods of Europe and they made it into like a, a world totalitarian industrial superpower. Oh, you want to know how? By ripping straight from the United States industrial yeah. base. I just went over yeah. this today. The first three just... chat, the first three sections of Stalin's war is literally the Leninists and Stalin basically saying, look, Americans, we will pay you in fucking gold that we stole from the corpse of the czarists. And we will tell you yeah. right now, Tell us how to be an industrial powerhouse. And the Americans did it under the table while we hadn't recognized them. They got everything that they needed from the capitalist states. They got everything they needed from industrialists that were hard hungry for cash. No, they got it from us. They got it from us. Yeah. It wasn't because the Marxist economic system was great. No, they did it because they could fucking, you know, screw them, you know, how, whatever the cheat them, screw them. I forget how Haas argues his way out of that point. Because he he's, like, oh, he's, he's a retard. Because he's a retard. He calls it like um, reactionary fiction that the Americans helped out the Soviet Union. Like, yeah, what? in the same way that the Stalinists would argue that it's a reactionary fiction that Lenin invited the Americans and the Brits to fight off the Germans inside Russian territory after the Germans yeah. bombed them for defaulting on their loans that they gave to the fucking commies. Like, I, I refused. This is why you don't debate with communists. The only answer to a communist is something that I can't say on YouTube, but you do what General Wrangle did, and you redact them. I'm sorry, well, there's no answer to communism. Like. Sorry, you know what? If, if the Germans the had, <laughs> you were really Fed Post hour. I do not endorse that Fed Post message, but uh, you know, it's funny though because, oh man, if if the Germans, um, you know, if they had a better manufacturing base and if they invaded during the spring and if they like, you know, didn't focus on Britain or the, like France, they probably could have defeated the Russians. They probably could have, you know, just put it put putting that out there. Um. I mean, I think Britain and America wouldn't have let it. I mean, we all know why they had to defeat the mustache, man. You know, it was imperative that they had to, right? But I think, like, you know, they in terms of it was just the war between um, the, the mid-century Germans and, and, and the Russians. If the Russians, like, only had fledgling help by America and Britain, yeah, I think they could have won against the Russians. That would have been evident. Um, whether or not they could have maintained their gains by America and Britain entering the war? Probably not. But you never know. I mean, this is weird theory fiction that people like, I mean, Philip K. And Dick we'll wrote know. that book, right? And we'll never know. Yeah, well, Philip, didn't Philip K. Dick, he wrote that book about the like, man in the high castle. Germans won? Yeah, man yeah, in high castle. But it's also yeah. like a book inside a book. Yeah, yeah. So, no, but he had a weird strategy as to how the Germans would have maintained power. I forget. Yeah. Um, no, but I think like, it's funny because there is this guy on YouTube. He's um, he's re-editing all of the Jonathan Bowden speeches, mm. like to make them more audible. Which I mean, I, I think like certain Jonathan Bowden speeches, like some of the charm was the fact that it was like low, lo-fi, and uh, yeah, ex exactly. Tukey's mag. Yeah, Man in the House is kind of larpy and outlandish, but you know, um, just a bit. In the same way that do, in the same way do Android's dream of electric sheep is more heavily painted by his understanding of Nazism than it is really about a science fiction story that we see in the movie. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But um, no, no, but like uh, there's a point that Jonathan Bowden made, and he wasn't like relying on like fascist stories. He was relying on like actual like you know quote unquote academic historians, where there's like, this communist tanky line where they're like. You know, oh, Stalin did all the abuses, but like, you know, um, 
like you know lenin's can be like a a sort of secular saint of the regime of you know even liberals can worship him right but yeah. the funny thing is that when you look at the history of the gulags the gulags started under lenin it wasn't like you know this picture of like wholesome chungus lenin is like nonsense i mean mm-hmm. this is a distraction from you know the main point but uh you know bowden was right and like there's even like more conservative academic historians in the 70s that said well this picture of like he's pictured that communists and libtards at the time the new left were like you know lenin's a secular saint he's wholesome chungus and stalin was the one that did all the abuses that's like just fat that's just like flatly like not historically correct um yeah but, you know uh let's not uh tell jackson hinkle about that uh anyways um yeah don't, don't, Mar- don't tell his handlers kids <laughs> I'm a God-fearing American communist. Remember he had the two with his wife? He's like, I'm just a God-fearing I'm a American God-fearing American communist. Let me go back it's three like- years and let me find out how you were a big Bernie supporter, you <laughs> fucking retard. What was, what was that, um, what was that comic book? It was the, it was, um, who did, I remember we read it in school. Uh, we read it and I remember reading in a philosophy class where, uh, Superman was a communist because he, Oh, uh, Superman Red Sun or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, that's what he reminds me of. That's the aesthetic. It's like, I'm an American communist. No, you're a Bernie <laughs> bro that married a Russian. Shut the hell up. No, like, it's unironically like MAGA communism is like Red Sun. It's like that Superman Red Sun. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, um, pure we believe coal. markets... Pure coal. <laughs> I believe Superman Red Sun also... When he was a kid, he like worked in the coal mines in Ukraine in Donbass. I Must believe have that been was easy part of with it. your your laser vision, Superman. So see, <laughs> see, this this is this is my favorite thing about Red Sun, and then like the weird like yeah. uh you know ethnically Jewish subtext to Superman. It's just like ah, oh, so instead of being like an American, you know, uh, an American Jew born in like Heartland, like white America, now it's like a Ukrainian Jew that like just embraces <laughs> communism. Like, huh? Interesting. And Lex Luthor is like the hardcore, like cutthroat um, capitalist. Yeah. Like, huh? He's like the wasp. He becomes a wasp. Really uh, now? Luther. Interesting. <laughs> no weird subtext about that. Oh my god! Uh, that feel when no Superman Austrian. <laughs> yeah, yeah they'll, they'll, they'll never be in a. They'll never be Superman White Sun or Black Sun. <laughs> Superman Black Sun. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way Ka'el, which really kind of just means like word of god right is yeah. going to somehow you know be uh pro fashy yeah it's funny though because remember during the oppenheimer movie people were like giga chatting uh truman <laughs> oh yeah 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 that was funny uh... um no but it's who um see when his fellow students mandatory browsing reddit well i had a professor who was basically like that so you had to um, browse reddit in college like is no no but i'm just like it was like we read superman uh red sun so it was oh i i only know about that because of like i guess like culture war comics slash gamergate stuff yeah i I didn't take a lot of film or media classes in in, uh college i didn't take any we well it's true glass ball that's true but yeah it's i hate to say it but i mean i guess jackson hinkle won in the end did he though but did he really 
I don't know, man. It'll just be like the grave mind from from Halo. There is still time. Just stop. Well, Russian Russian women will eat you alive, bro. Like that's you know. Yeah, I know. Eastern European women. Um, like Slavic women, they'll just. Man, you thought you were long house with American women. Oh my! Oh God. man. Have you, have you it, marry a Slav? Get back to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, believe... I know. I know Russian women, and they're. I see their husbands at church sometimes, and they're just like, yeah, the most like, and you're just like, yep, yep, yep. It's kind of what I expected. There you go. But go on. Go His on, soul go on. is destroyed. Um. Yeah. Um. We That's why she's Mark... there praying for it. <laughs> His goal is destroyed. That's why she's praying for him. Uh, um, we believe markets do not require people to be perfect or even well-intentioned, but it's good because we have met people. Uh, have you met people? Adam Smith, it is not from the benevolence of the butcher, the brewer, or the baker that we expect our dinner, but from their regard to their own self-interest, we address ourselves not to their humanity, but to their self-love and never talk to them out of their own necessities, but of advantages. Well, I mean, that can go wrong. That could go south pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, David Friedman points out that people do uh, only do things for other people for three reasons. Love, money, and force. Love doesn't scale. Uh, unless you're Ella girl, then love does scale. Um, it's the economy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the economy That's why she only... works at Reason Magazine when she's not yeah. uh, under, or, you know, under somebody. I believe it was Simone Weil that tried to theorize in like in actual communism, love could probably scale, but even she concluded that that's probably not true because only the love of God can scale to all of humanity. So that's true. Love cannot scale. Um, the economy can only run on money or force. The force experiment has been run and found wanting. Uh, has it really? Mm. That's an, another major assumption. Let's stick with money. Hmm. Can money scale though? money? Well, so far it's been scaling. Yeah, but has it's but in terms of like equitable scaling, I guess that is the leftist argument. Can it scale equitably? No. And the answer is no. Nothing has ever been able to scale equitably. You know what you know what leftist ideology is? It's basically using force to scale love. And that never works. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Like it's true. Like that's that's basically like, like, like remember yeah. we had um what's the word I'm looking for? Like we just totally destroyed like you and the Soviets tried ending marriage, like eventually that kind of came back. Yeah. They had like weird rules for marriage though. Yeah. That was, you know. We believe the ultimate world defense of markets is that the divert people who otherwise would raise armies and start religions into peaceful oh well, that's not been true. Otherwise, mm. into peacefully productive pursuits. Uh, what about people that start religions around markets? There's people that have done this. There, there's like grind set new age cults in, yeah. in Silicon Valley. There's there's Vibe Camp. What about Vibe Camp? That can easily turn into a cult. I mean, kind of. Yeah. What, what about the Urban Assembly? <laughs> we can't bash. We can't bash them too hard in case they want to give us money. But like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the Urban Assembly. Yeah. Um. And like that's what I mean. Like. It, okay, markets divert people who otherwise would raise armies and start religions. But people in the market have done exactly those two things. They've raised armies, Eric Prince, and they've started religions. Uh, yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know. I think this is the problem. It's not just Mark and Dryson. It's the problem with manifestos in general. Is that you have to simplify reality. To fit him in, excuse me, to fit a manifesto. 
You have to simplify reality. And there's always going to be exceptions. Now, you could say that a general rule is that, you know, people who otherwise would have like created cults or religions or armies, they would have done, you know, they're doing other things. But the fact is there's market-based cults and there's market-based armies nowadays. So it's like, I don't know, like, anyways, we believe in markets to quote Nicholas Stern are how to take care of people we don't know. We believe markets are the way to generate societal wealth for everyone else we want to pay for, uh, who wants to pay for, including basic research, social welfare programs, national defense. Doesn't that, like, doesn't that defeat his point, though? Because... Uh... Kind of. I'm not too sure. Read it again. Read it again. Okay, so he says that markets divert people who otherwise would raise armies, but he's saying that markets also provide for national defense as mm. an alternative. So it's like, that's kind of... That's well, I mean, it, it, I guess it, it becomes part of the uh, the question of just who's in charge. Yeah. I mean, like, if, if you have a wealthy business and you can employ people, yeah, I don't have to raise an army. I can be a titan of industry rather than a titan of warfare. But and that's what I think he's saying. You know, like, I don't have yeah. to kill people to enslave them or be a warrior. I can now have a business oh, yeah, and do true, so. True. And, and so, and even then, right, like, successful businesses are taxed in order to raise revenue for war and such, you know, like, so no, this is that, that totally, that's that, that checks out. We're good. No, but I mean, like, Donald Rumsfeld tried to, like, conduct the iraq war like a corporation look how that turned out you know well, what I mean? all, like, well also we had no if everything that i understand from reading like sort of these like aftermath stories of the war no like no what was the objective yeah Cons i mean other than to like oust saddam and to quote unquote like you know kill the taliban what did we what was the goal um, what, there's what, people what, that speculate that well, it know, was to control that area, but yeah. But I mean, even even in Afghanistan, right? Like the the great article, data driven defeat. The American Affairs Journal will just tell you that like you had charts and charts and charts about how to do this, how to conduct why, what are the rules of engagement for this, and nothing that really told me what the wind condition was because there wasn't a specified wind condition. Yeah, yeah. And that's true. my issue with these with these conflicts. It's just like so. Um, yeah. So you have to run it like a corporation so you can keep going forever. Yeah. Over 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that is a good point. But um, also, if you want to scale love towards, uh, you, if you want to use, uh, you know, the power of love. Is, is it, isn't the scaling of, of, of love just polycules? Yeah. Oh, I was going to make a plea for uh, super chats. But if you want to scale love towards us, you can send super chats. Um but it is polycules. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, it's it's effective altruism. Yeah, the super chats. Um, we believe. Oh, that, that that too. Yeah. Yeah, we believe there's no conflict between capitalist profits and social welfare systems. Oh, really? A lot of a lot of leftoids would say. I mean, some of them are kind of correct. Where it's like, I don't know, man. Like, th there kind of is conflicts between capitalism and social welfare all the time. It's like that's. Yeah, I mean, like, you could it's, say it's that the never ending fight between how much yeah. do I balance my gives versus, yeah. you know, how much do I like focus on um, the need of people, the need of people versus the need well, of uh, my, you... my business or my tax dollars. Like this is the, this is the whole yeah. debate over taxation. Yeah. Yeah. And you could say that like the incentive structures of social gives is totally distorted. That, well, that is sure. Correct. Yeah. There's, yeah. But... Like the, because I mean, again, it, it, I think we do have a huge. Never fucking, enough. 
Well, that we have a huge fucking decadence problem. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, the productive the production of markets creates the econ- economic wealth that pays for everything we else uh, everything else we want as a society. We believe central economic planning elevates the worst of us and drags everyone down. Markets exploit the best of us to benefit us all. Mm, again, mm. that's like doesn't work in reality. <laughs> it's not always effective. Yeah, um, it's not what it's not what you want it to be, you know. Yeah. These are like grand sweeping assumptions. You know what I yeah. mean? Like we believe central planning is a doom loop. Markets are an upward spiral. The economist William Nordhaus has shown us the creators of technology are only able to capture about 2% of economic value created with the technology. The other 98% flows through to society in the form of what economists call surplus, social surplus. Technological innovation in a market system is inherently philanthropic. Is it? Is By it? By 50 to 1 ratio. We get more value from a new technology, the single company that makes it, or the millions of billions of people who use it to improve our lives, QED. Um, we believe in, again, like this is, um, this isn't always the case because there's been numerous examples of where new, like newer technologies have been gatekept and artificially inflated to where they don't become democratized and they don't become cheaper. So it's like, I mean, the the government does it all the time, but corporations have done it all the time. Like there's, there's monopolies in the market for like relatively cheap technologies that just shouldn't exist, but they exist because a corporation has a monopoly over it. And it, it's just like, I don't know, man, like that's, that is a sweeping assumption. Um, we believe in David Ricardo's concept of comparative advantage as a distinct form of competitive advantage. Competitive advantage holds to the, even someone who is best in the world at doing everything, uh, will buy most things for other people due to opportunity costs. Comparative advantage in the context of a proper, properly free market guarantees high employment regardless of the level of technology. Uh, we believe a market stage sets wages as a function of the marginal productivity of the worker. Therefore, technology which raises productivity drives wages up, not down. Ooh, I don't know about that. But then what happens when technology replaces you as, as a worker? Well, I mean, the same thing that's always happened, that those people would typically go to new jobs or that they would be permanently phased out. Um, But that's what I mean. What happens when they don't go to new jobs? Well, I mean... You're screwed. Well, this is where you would have to balance the social welfare aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying that the rate by which technology replaces workers does not evenly match up on a one-to-one ratio with the creation of new jobs. So it's like, you know what I mean, Prude? It's just, I don't know. It's a very complicated thing. Mm. I, again, like I'm no, I'm no economist. I'm just saying like, when I hear like certain leftoids talk about this, they kind of do have a point about that. Like yeah. only, only it's funny now because left liberals, they want offshoring because of the sins of colonialism or whatever crap. So it's well, like, that, I mean, yeah. I, I feel like the, the social aspect of it's also a really great way to mask the fact that it's a lot cheaper to pay just a shitload of Indians for like an eighth of the cost it is to pay for like one competent white male. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it scales on a planetary basis, but then it screws over West. Again, it screws over Western populations. Yeah, there was many... a study today. Mm-hmm, oh, go yeah, it. Go ahead. Prude. No, 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 go for it. Go for it. No, I was going to say here in Canada, there was an article that says the majority of like Zoomers and younger millennials, they economically are priced out of having children. 
So what does that tell you? You know, what that's I mean? an argument that's been made by even progressives of like the 1920s. It's just like yeah. look, the material conditions make it incredibly difficult to have kids. Like, what's the point? Yeah, exactly. uh, you know, you're, you're going to let us be overrun by Irish and Italians and Polacks. That was like, that was a big argument for them. It was just like progressive yeah. racism for the home, which I don't hundred. I'm they not hundred percent. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not a hundred. I'm not unsympathetic to that position. Yeah. Uh, and, no, you know, we were so talking sorry, about that. Us, us we, were Italians. Ta- we were talking about that in uh, one of the chats that you and I are both in where it was just like, yeah. you can't afford a home in Vancouver. Nope. Like Canada is full. Nope. Yep, and Canada's we're well, yeah. we're we're gonna make we're gonna build more homes to uh, you know adjust for the housing crisis, but we're still gonna have unfettered immigration into the country. One of these things is gonna give, and we yeah. already know the answer to it because we've already seen yep. how it plays out. So there you go. I mean, that's and and they're tearing up a prime farmland here in Ontario to do this. Yeah. So what a great. Time. You know what's funny is that I've heard leftoids uh, complain in Canada about like the destruction of the fruit belt. I'm like, well, you caused this, not Doug Ford. The federal government caused this because you, you know what I mean? Like you were the ones that brought people in here that necessitates the destruction of farmlands, which happens to be closer to other suburbs. So it's like, you did this. Don't complain to me about the farmlands being destroyed or arable land because you keep bringing people in. Yeah, you keep bringing in like the majority of uh, whole parts of India. So it's like, come on, man. Like it's. I'll, I'll respect you when you like turn off immigration. Yeah, which they never will. No. Um, unless no. Trudeau. I don't even think Pierre Palaver could like stop the bleeding at this point. No, and I mean, and I think it was Rye Nationalist was talking about. Apparently, there's leaked audio of Georgia Maloney or whatever saying like, we're going to mm-hmm. bring somebody in that it's like, you can't solve the problem. Yeah. And, and it's just like, isn't Pakistan kicking out like nearly two, two million, million, two million Afghans from their country? If yeah. there's a will, there's a way. There uh, is, and, yeah. and the answer to these things always leads to, uh, well, what what is all war but race war? Because you're it's one it's one group of people going to war with another, and so eventually, you're gonna get that. Um, and the progressives Ooh. are the progressives are gonna get their helter skelter whether they like it or not. Well, you know, I said this on my solo variety show yesterday. I, you know, definitely should check out after this program. Like, you know, you don't have to like do this like cartoonishly evil stuff. You just basically have to like deport them, but you have to also make sure that there could potentially be economic zones in their countries to where, you know, you can cooperate and you could give them incentives to not go on boats and risk their lives to go across the channel and to flood Italy and flood Europe. And, and by, you know, you know what a basic step is that of, of doing that? I said is just to not destabilize these countries, to not go after the secular dictators that more or less ran their country efficiently countries yeah. efficiently. Yeah. But now that that cat's out of the bag, it's going to take gener. It will take Libya generations to recuperate from what the, le- like approaching the level that Gaddafi had it at, as opposed to what it is now where you could buy a slave for four American dollars. You know what I mean? Like in, yeah. in the middle of uh, Tripoli. So, you know what I mean? Like that'll take generations to mend. And if, what are those if, people going to do? If ever. If ever. If ever. And what are those people going to do? They're going to go to fucking Europe. They're going to go to Italy. And it's like, can you blame them? I mean, yeah, you can blame them. But like, come on, man. Like there's an... Like, there is a solution to these things 
that don't like that doesn't resort to like cartoonish levels of evil. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just that's what I think. And I, I and and you don't have to be like frothing at the mouth, like wanting this some like revenge fantasy. It's as simple as when a migrant commits a crime against a person deport. in Sweden, deport them. You know, why even waste resources by jailing them? Just deport them. And if they come back, deport them again so they don't harm another person in these countries that did not ask for it, that did not... I mean, you can say that, like, oh, Swedish women, they voted for it, and they had signs that... They, but does that mean that they deserve it? No, come on, man. Like, it's just like, I understand the revenge fantasy if you're like a, you know, a chud or whatever. Yeah, I, it's yeah like, I'm, I'm, I'm having a total revenge fantasy by watching yeah. the native population get raped and butchered. <laughs> that really will yeah. own the chuds. That'll no, own, like, yeah. I'm just, I'm just cheering That'll on the destruction own, yeah, of yeah, my yeah, Having a migrant, having like that one lady in Sweden that adopted a migrant that ended up redacting her, that really owned her. That really owned her. That's I mean, great. What, yeah, there's the, getting there, owned. The, there's the yeah. leopards eating my face schadenfreude about that. I will admit that like, yeah, oh, you know, I, I didn't think that the leopards would eat my face. Like I get that. Right. I get that position. No, of course. But and there's, to look at and the there's greater... a nugget and there's a nugget of truth to it. But at, there the, end of the, day, yeah. at yeah. the end of the day, I now have to deal with the fact that there's that's one less person. That's one more murder. That's one more immigrant that's on the loose or whatever. That's going to kill more people. Exactly. No, they should have never been there in the first place. And there's no time like today to kick millions of them out. Right. And, and you can, and when it comes to like, you know, white women, um, there's like, you can like, look at the white women that voted for Trump. Like you could easily switch the switch them. It depends on the social climate. It depends on them not being manipulated by, you know, media forces. Yeah. And, and it like, also depends on yeah. usually being married with children. Exactly. Exactly. So they won't have to like displace their maternal instinct towards migrant military age men. You know what I mean? Like that's like, so I think like, I know it's funny where people do the memes of like burn, the, you know, burn the cool people like it, but really it's monstrous when you're like gloating over the fact that like a Swedish woman got killed by someone that she thought was helping, you know, it's like, come on, man. Like, like you, you, you really think do about have like to, the future to, for a bit. You have to, one of the biggest things that needs to be reiterated, you have to kill, you have to kill telescopic, philanthropy and telescopic sympathy yeah you have yeah. more problems with your neighbors there are people dying of drug overdoses there's all sorts of crazy shit going on right here right yeah. now i don't need to care about some syrian halfway around the world i there don't you go capital kid do you really want white women to get griped on mass is that really you know you voted for this bro but it's like okay yeah you voted for this but at the same time there's a whole complicated system of things that go into why those people in Europe initially voted for politicians that led to the migrant crisis. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the geopolitical, did, you know, did those people vote for like these exploratory, these expansionary wars I that displaced war. the secular dictators? Did they vote for that? No, come on, man. I voted against Hillary Clinton for a reason. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's what I mean. Like, even though, like, if you recall, a lot of these European countries, they were the first to pour out of Iraq and Afghanistan. They're like, you know, if the Americans want to do it, then let them do it, right? But yeah. it's like, the, you know, because European countries really don't have a lot of geopolitical power compared to America. Come on, right? So, like, they, these nations, you know, you can't say, I mean, is it wrong-headed for these leftoids to, like, want endless immigration? 
yes, do I blame the activists that have an incentive for endless immigration? Of course. But when it comes to like the average, like normie white woman voting for a politician, it's like, do you really want to like bring hell upon them? Uh, because it's like schadenfreude and like, come on, man. Like it's, I just think you have to look past the memes. You have to really think about, and even when it comes to the migrants themselves, I don't like wish harm upon all of them. I don't, you know, I, you know what I mean? Like, I I think like a lot of people, they've, they're exploiting a loophole in the system and it's like, it's a natural human thing. And if you come from a refugee camp and you're, you've been displaced because of a war or, or because, you know, our government funds certain sides to come and dislodge their governments that had more or less stable conditions, it, you know, of course they're going to exploit that. But that being said, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't have proactive steps to stop the bleeding and to kick out huge swaths of people that were exploiting the situation. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think you have to devolve into like cartoonish levels of evil to, to, you know what I mean? Like, I just think that either, either argument is sort of unrealistic. You know what I mean? It's just, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And so as much as the migrant crisis should be solved, it doesn't have to be solved with like mass revenge fantasy you know i mean if that makes me wholesome chungus or whatever fine but i'm just saying like in terms of real politique unfortunately there's a lot of people that have been in europe and america for a long time that it's gonna you can't exactly just kick them out you know but when it comes to the migrants that have come about from the 2010s onwards i mean yeah of course but it's like i don't know man like but then you hear these horror stories of these migrants that that do terrible things and they like they go through some like public training course instead of being deported. It's like, yeah, you know, it's yeah, I know what you mean. These issues aren't going to get solved anytime soon. No. Um, anyways, we believe markets also increase society's well-being by generating work in which people productive engagement. We believe a universal basic income would turn people. Oh, this is interesting. Um, mm. we believe universal basic income would turn people into zoo animals to be farmed by the state. Yeah, he is. Yep. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, keep um, reading. I got. I got to go to the bathroom. Yeah, man was not meant to be farmed. Man was meant to be useful, to be productive, to be proud. Now, I agree with this. I think that is the truth. I mean, this is why I think UBI. Um, uh, yeah, like the UBI turning people into human cattle. That is pretty much. Uh, that is the truth. You know what I mean. So. Um, yeah, that that he is correct about that. The UBI argument is kind of stupid. I mean, I I think that you know, when it comes to a living wage, that could be different than UBI, because the inflation crisis is is you know ridiculous, and the fact that you can't buy anything with with an average dollar, you know, but UBI that would just make things a lot worse. Um, we believe technological change, far from reducing the need for human work, increases it by bordering, uh, broadening the scope of what humans can productively do. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, there is something to be said about technological change, um, creating new uh, jobs and new abilities that require specialized skill. But then when it comes to... But, but here's the problem I feel with what Andreasen is saying. There is a looming competency crisis that I feel you cannot just wish away with technological innovation. Because when it comes to the technology that we have 
and the potential technology that we can create that can create more specialized job skills. What's going to happen when you have a population that can exactly accentuate and develop that technology? That is a big problem. And in solving the competency crisis is in some ways more important than the raw technological capability of that society. That's something that I feel market, maybe he does later on, but um, let me see, actually, does he address the competency crisis? Um, I think he kind of does, but we'll see what happens. So uh, we believe markets are generative, not exploitative. Well, that's, that's another sweeping assumption. Positive sums, not zero sums. Participants in markets built on one another's work and output. James Karst describes finite games and infinite games. Finite games have an end where one person wins and another person loses. Infinite games never end. As players collaborate to discover what's possible in the game, markets are the ultimate infinite game. Um, but, But again, like this is the problem though, is that that is a sweeping assumption about the nature of markets because there are markets that can be exploitative. And, you know, they're, they're, um, whether or not regulation can be at hand is, is a big question. But at the same time, again, these are like, you know, he's kind of like having to simplify things. So, uh, I mean, what does the chat feel about that? About exploitative versus generative markets? Um, I, I personally think that there there is a lot of generative markets, but, but there's a lot that are exploitative. So it's just, you know, I mean... Louis Cachet, jobs are just part of it. Tech also changes uh, culture uh, radically. No, exactly. And you can argue that a lot of technology has in some ways enabled the competency crisis, not just in terms of globalization and immigration, although they're they're a big part of it. Immigration is a big part of it. But also the fact that there, there is a fundamental maxim that Jacques Ellul talks about, which is as technology increases there are natural abilities that atrophy on the back end. And hyper-specialization also creates other forms of competency crises. Because if people are just, you know, they're sort of geared towards very hyper-specific activities, then there's also a problem with general knowledge and general ability. That is also an element of the competency crisis that is not accounted for by just praising technological innovation because that technological innovation breeds more specialization, thus atrophying general knowledge, right? Now I know it's a boomer talking point that, Oh, because the calculator, you have the calculator, therefore people can't do basic math. That's the truth, right? They can't do basic. I mean, I can't even do basic math on the fly. So I feel like, because Mark Andreessen is in the tech industry, he's making way too much hay about just the raw qualitative replication of better and better technologies, right? Because look at energy, for instance. We still haven't cracked that nut of ecologically sustainable energy. Now, some people say nuclear, some people say clean coal. I mean, mean, yeah, there probably could be a combination until we find a better source. But, you know, that's a still a massive, um, that is a massive ceiling on the ability of technological innovation. It's just the raw energy it takes to produce it. Even the amount of resources on our planet 
barring drilling asteroids for resources like Colton or whatever, that can go into computing technology. We've used computer tech, we've used rare earth minerals to generate computer chips. There's a ceiling on that. Because as we know, when it comes to recycling computer parts, there's also a limit to that in terms of its efficiency of recycling of, of rare earth minerals. And there's huge swaths of production of garbage, especially in the third world, that um, is not accounted for. Because as we know, even the recycling of things like, you know, recycling computer parts, there's massive inefficiencies in that chain. And, and so I think the way to achieve all of this is if there is a tightening of efficiencies within already existing economies and already existing technologies. Um, yeah, exactly. Asteroid mining when. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah. So, um, what, what did you say? Sorry, I, I just got back in. I apologize for being out for there for a second. Uh, what did you say to we believe since the human wants and needs are infinite? Oh, um, human wants and needs. I didn't get to that part. Oh, okay. Human wants and needs Economic demand is infinite and job growth can continue on forever. I, I don't agree with that. And I don't human think Human need is infinite. Yeah, okay. Go ahead, Bruce. Go ahead. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think that that's infinite, you know, like, no. I think I don't know if growth I don't think can continue forever. Like, how are we? Out, how are you outpacing entropy? How are we outpacing? Human need is forever, though. That human, is need, true. human need is forever. This is correct. But at the same time, is technology going to be able to answer every human need? A, historically, it hasn't. B, yep. you've always had to deal with excesses, both in population, both with the side effects of technology, as well as and the quality accident, of population. And well. quality of population. And I don't mean that just in like the HBD sense, but I mean like no. quality of life. Uh, yeah. Technology hasn't yeah. been able to answer that question. You, I, unless, I don't know, unless you reprogram people, like putting magnets in their brain or Neuralink or whatever, I don't know how you're going to kill Well, apparently uh, there's an article that says uh, it's racist not to want to be chipped. It's it's white supremacy. Oh, it's white supremacy that I don't want to be chipped like a bug man? That I yeah. want to be chipped like a dog at a fucking vet's office? Yeah. That's no, no, thank you. Who wrote that article? I believe it was... Uh, Looking it up real quick. Uh, I think it was not. nice. Wanting to be chipped is racist. I think it was either Vice or like Slash uh, or uh, Daily Dot or whatever. Uh, Microchipped. Uh, here's a great line by Louis Cachet. I listen. If you want me to highlight your comment, you're gonna have to send me some super chats because this is a totally ah! bad business model. Um, time is the greatest warrior of warriors. Chat, chat is real. Chat, chat's a chap's a character. Yeah, Chad is no, but this is true. Time is the greatest. Oh, wasn't of wasn't this wasn't this originally like a uh, wasn't this originally like uh, anti chippers are the? I thought this was originally yeah. like an article that was like satire. No, no, I think someone wrote it for real. Oh well, let me go. Uh, yeah. Anti chippers. The new, the new crazy whatever I think it was called. Um, A F R U. Yeah. Hell yeah, AFRU. What are these guys about? We support black artists' privacy about AFRU on like, justice. The black-led, black-owned startup that combines fashion, streetwear with lifestyle commentary about social justice. Oh, so this is real. Unfortunately, are they like Afrofuturists? Is I guess why? they are. Or they're Afrofuturists. Or, or yeah, because yeah. like at the bottom of it, it has like a side profile of uh. Of a, a black woman saying, "Get our best content, Max, once a week. Subscribe." And I'm like, "Uh, no, thanks." 
No, it's a real no, article by AFRU staff. Yeah. No, check but, out but, these bussin' stories. I'm sorry. 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 <laughs> sorry. I, uh... Check out these bussin' stories. Oh, there's one. There's oh. one comment that just says tranny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, oh, astronauts. While 85% of you are wonderful people, the other 25% were were far too frequently brigades and troll farms. Their abusive comments have traumatized our moderators, so we won't allow comments until we build an ethical way to address the troll problem. <laughs> you're never gonna build that, man. The, the grape. The, you're always gonna get groped. Get 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 fucked. Yeah, but no. But time is the greatest worry. So okay. I think that time is a big issue, like temporality and spatiality, of course, two massive issues. Now, the transhumanists and, and the futurists like Mark Andreessen, if they believe that we can solve the spatiality question, then we could solve the temporality question in the sense that if we get off-world mining and we can mine resources, then in some ways that goes towards solving the time question of technology keeping up with human demand and whether technology would just burn itself out in the infinite sea of human desire and in need. So it's like, I, I think that it's probably not true because time, time will always wear you out no matter what it's inevitable. You can never like, you're never going to run the clock against father time. It's just the truth. So I, I mean, I think you, that, less, you know, less, less, less immortality is somehow achieved, unless you become Methuselah. Yeah, you know, right? Like or let, Tuck let, Everlasting. Yeah, you can't yeah. But yeah. even then, uh, the the I guess the thing that comes to my mind is just like once you do that, um, we're, we're not really the human that we are now. I mean, humans will change, obviously. And we, course, we have changed yeah. as we evolve with our technology. It's just humans as is right now, we are not evolved and we don't have the time perception or the memory space. And I don't know how you're going to adopt the brain issue there is uh, we think with a limited set of time. Yes. We think we think in a very mm -hmm. limited temporal understanding of things. Ironically, this is very true. Martin Heidegger. <laughs> Very true, Martin Heidegger. And in fact, this gets explored the best, I think, in fantasy fiction. Because, yes. Uh, have you ever played um, Arcanum of Steamworks and Magic? I've heard of Arcanum, but okay. I've never played so, it. It's a great Troika Games RPG, but one of the, the guiding gets criticized is, is that the, the thinly veiled illusion for Bill Gates basically discovers mm -hmm. a steam engine from, like uh, I think it's like the dwarfs. And oh, yeah. uh, he, you know, he brings it to humanity and mankind enters like Victorian era industrial revolution, like overnight. And anyways, like they criticize mankind with their technology because they're like humans never live long enough to understand the consequences of their technological actions. And I've yeah. always thought that that has been a very exciting thing to explore because we don't live long enough to understand the consequences of our actions. Do you think that the guy who invented plastic as we know it, I don't think he's alive today. But nope. do you really think that he expected that it, microplastics would be even in like the tissue of developing babies in the womb? Of course not. Of course, yeah. But uh, here we are, you know. I don't know. These are just things that come to my mind. And then one day, sure, um, 2,000 years from now, if this video is somehow preserved, they'll look back at us and think, oh, what morons. But uh, yeah, it's also probably. really optimistic of me to assume that <laughs> 2,000 years. Who knows? Come, you know Lord, 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 come quickly, come. <laughs> you know what's funny is that uh i remember when we were in school 
and we read Tuck Everlasting, there's this one kid in class that is like, okay, if he could live forever, what happens in 2 billion years when the sun explodes? And like, what is he going to do? He's just going to be out in space. And I'm like, it's crazy because you're like decades later, well, maybe t- almost two decades later, like when you read like object oriented ontology, like if you read Mia So, or if you read like Graham Harmon or, uh, you know, or uh, Brassier, uh, yeah, Brassier, like they literally like, okay, what, how can you imagine matter without human consciousness? And I'm like, wow, that kid in, in school probably had something like, you know, it's like one of the stupid thoughts you have when you're a kid, like, oh, oh well, like if he can live forever, what happens when the sun explodes and, and the, wor- the the earth blows up? Is he just going to be floating out in space forever? That's small like, brain mm-hmm. thinking, you know? Yeah. Like, you're not, I, I don't know if I were to live forever, I guess the thing I would be thinking about, like in a Tuck Everlasting situation is. And this is the, this is how you know that this kind of piece of fiction was written before like the advent of our current technology is just like yeah say I invent a way or I discover a a a, a pool that grants me everlasting life right mm-hmm. how do I survive like the the techno surveillance dystopia that I currently live in yeah. uh, well Mr Prudentialist we noticed that you've been alive for two hundred and eighty five years and you've been collecting social security for a hundred um. <laughs> dissect you and we're gonna dissect you and put you in the fucking mines your choice you know like (laughs) that's terrifying you know like that that's what happened if we ever discovered a man that lived to be like 800 years old and he was like tuck everlasting and was like young beautiful and whatever that identities he'd be vivisected in a heartbeat yeah in a heartbeat like huh he'd be treated like an alien same same prints five different passports eight different nations six different languages huh it's um there's a I, painting of you from in, from uh you know from the 1800s and there's a derogatype photograph of you from like 1880 huh i think mm, it's time for you to die now you know we're gonna cut you <laughs> off yeah the government totally i I, I, I want i want the yeah. i want the realistic stories about this like there's the whole man from earth series but like the guy that since like the paleo scene or whatever has been like living ever since and he's like can regenerate and he's done all these things and he's been Buddha, oh yeah he's been jesus he's been nietzsche and whatever and it's just like um that dude would have been like cut open and vivisected and shit by some government you know there was like, that movie like that where it's just was, people the, talking it, it, it was made a movie it was called it was called man from earth yeah, it was like there was just professors talking in a room. Yeah, like, yeah, it was just that because he's moving. I, and, and then he, he's he, like, "I became Jesus because I learned from the Buddhist breathing techniques how to like mimic yeah, yeah, my yeah. Yeah, like oh how to God, mimic wow. death or whatever." And you're like, "Okay, yeah, okay, buddy." Then why don't you come back and tell all those guys they were wrong? <laughs> You'd have like more children than Genghis Khan. Like, yeah. that would be... <laughs> no, the government would oh. totally just like you know you know like that. Uh, I remember I saw Nugs tweet that that um. Uh, where they managed to like, like that mutter museum of like, of, of uh, dead humans where like they, they managed to like get every nerve endings in the spinal column and nugs. He tweeted the photo. He's like, that's what they're doing this to me tomorrow. <laughs> like that's what they would do. They would literally rip out every nerve from the guy's body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they treat him like an alien. Like he, they bring him, they bring him to, to a uh, groom Lake. They, they bring him to area 51. Um, You'd be you'd be a living. Your eyeballs would move around, even though you're part of like a yeah, a part of like one of those body works exhibits. You know, there was like that guy that that the Japanese guy that uh had like radiation poisoning, where his like body melted away in this gangrenous pool, but he technically was still alive. Well, like, I mean, they kept alive by machines. 
Well, they kept yeah. him alive by doctors and such. I think that that story often gets like, oh, they experimented on him. I really do think that that guy wanted to live. Yeah, probably. Um, and you know, I, I, I guess that's something that I, I would have to keep in mind. Yeah, it's a little more complex than that. Well, maybe we'll evolve to in the future. We'll evolve to withstand huge doses of radiation because of what's going to happen. Well, I pray I'm in heaven at that time. Yeah. Our, our kids, kids will probably have to, but I had this theory that we're going to evolve to handle more salt and uh, fat in our diet because of the American diet. I feel like American that's, diet. I'm sure that's slowly happening already. Yeah, as probably. That's like, they have zoomer kids that have like this, like bone growth in the back of their skulls just by like looking down on the phone. Remember that was a big deal 10 years ago. It still is a big it's, deal. Like from, yeah. everything from posture to bone structure the a human hand strength has decreased over the last century um mm -hmm. due to like yeah. less heavier equipment technology our phones and such crazy yeah. stuff to think about you know it's like there'll be zoomer like bodybuilders like on trend that like you know they'll, they'll like follow the lead of sam selick and they'll like have like autism grip strength and such yeah autistic grip strength because of hour-long like jelking sessions oh <laughs> like, i wasn't like, expecting it to go there oh yeah yeah but the, no but they'll have like grip workouts yeah yeah they could like jelk more effectively so it's like they'll have to like beat their generation of like hand hand dystrophy like all like gen alpha will be born with like mass hand weakness dystrophy and they'll have to like find a way to like exercise it um so, oh man, this is terrible. It's a crazy it's thing disgusting. to think about. Crazy thing to think about, yeah. But yes, it is disgusting. I agree with you. They won't even have the strength to like, like hold up a bicycle, you know, while they're riding a bike. Apparently, you have to have a lot of hand strength to ride a bike. I never learned how to. Ride. I tried learning how to ride a bike, but I just I don't know. You've never learned how to ride a bike? No, I tried. I tried hard, man, but it kept falling, and I was like, yeah, I can't. Interesting. <laughs> I I don't I don't know if that was stuff I'd ever admit out loud. What that I didn't learn how to ride a bike? Yeah. Well, okay. I tried. Okay, okay. Chat. Press one if you know how to ride a bike. Press two if you never learn how to ride a bike. Let 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 chat decide. I got hurt trying to ride a bike, man. I learned how this to. Ride scared a bike. me. I know how, you to, know ride how to ride a bike. bike? Yeah. Oh man. My dad taught me and I had the whole like storybook hallmark moment where you know the, the training wheels are off and he pushes you and you're he's not helping you anymore and you're riding a bike <laughs> on your own. Like I, did I just did is something changed where people just don't ride bikes anymore? I, a lot of people don't ride bikes anymore. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of ones, but there's some twos. See, there's some twos. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not. I'm not judging you. I was just. I. I just assumed that this was like the experience <laughs> everyone bullshit. had. You said like I would never admit that. Yeah. Because <laughs> like I wouldn't. You know how to ride a bike? Everyone knows how to ride a bike. Everyone had like their father teach them how to ride a bike. What the fuck? No, my old man. I'm telling you, my old man was desperate. He tried, man. I just like couldn't do it. Oh man. I had not. I had. I don't have very, I didn't have very good motor skills when I was a kid. And well, I coordinate. Now you're an artist, so thank Yeah, God. I know. So there you go. Um I I probably do have some form of autism. I yeah, that's probably the correct. 
I used to ride a bike and then someone stole it. There you go, John <laughs> Carter. See, that's the, that's the acceptable answer. People don't ride bikes anymore because people steal bikes. Yeah. That's true. Dear God. Okay. Bike riding is incommunicable. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, biscuits and coffee. That's true. I think he's also got a Twitter account. I feel like I've seen that name before. Yeah, biscuits and coffee. Biscuits and coffee. Oh. If you've ridden someone like a bike. Oh, that's different. That's, that's season three of Kink right there. That's that's different. That's um Yeah. So see, this is how it'll go. It'll be uh, episode 69 and then episode 169. It'll be season two of King. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I have 100 yeah. more episodes to mentally prepare myself before being scarred again. Season two is actually pretty good. Maybe I, we should do season two. I hurt myself. <laughs> I hurt myself. Oh, yeah. today. Do you want his third hour of wrestling to you have? <laughs> does your oh. girlfriend uh does your girlfriend have like autism a wrestling fan no. no is she a wrestling fan is she okay no. with your wrestling autism yeah yeah okay well that's really what matters yeah is, is she is she okay with you mansplaining about these wrestling references oh yeah of course then then you're good that's what matters i had to hockey splainer when that guy got his throat slit oh you know when a black guy just murdered that dude on live yeah to quote New Jack, the wrestler, I'm like OJ, didn't got away with it. <laughs> uh, oh, I wish man. we didn't. Or she didn't. And all the guys defending him, like, I'm sure he's crying right now. No, he isn't. No, he's not. He got away with it. Probably that. hiding so that someone doesn't try and kill him. You know, I will say that I think, okay, my most charitable interpretation is that the guy was just he's crying because he was just too stupid to realize that you probably could kill somebody like that. You know what uh, I mean? But that like, that's the, but then still that's manslaughter. So it's like, you know, that's at least second degree. So it's yeah. like, it doesn't matter at that point when the guy died, like they didn't even give him full game suspensions. They give you a full game suspensions for fucking elbowing somebody in the face. Now or high sticking or high sticking. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they like it's ridiculous man like and it wasn't like okay it wasn't like when marty mcsorley high-sticked uh brashear he like gave him a, a concussion and he like it threatened his hockey career okay that's different like marty mcsorley i believe they suspended him for like a whole year and that was justified because like the guy literally assaulted him on the ice with a stick but it's like this guy if he didn't consciously think that it was like attempted murder he at least should get manslaughter. Uh, like, even if he thought, like, oh, I, was, he, I didn't expect him to get his throat slashed. Like, I don't know, man. Like, this, this is so fishy. It's so fishy. It's, like, it's incredible. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's, I, I just think it's murder. He extended his leg. Like, he, like. It's a, it, it was a kick. Yeah. It was a this kick. This guy has a, a long, kick. it's a long history of t fines, penalties, barring from games because of just unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, when he was in the AHL, they kicked him out. Yeah. And so, like, gee, you know, for all that being a trailblazer, congratulations for being a trailblazer of ethnic diversity in hockey by murdering a guy. Go to prison. Yeah, you, you know what ironically would have prevented this? Not putting a diversity push in hockey? 
Oh, that too. But I mean, like, no, if they if they had the enforcer again, because maybe you'd think twice about doing you something. You think twice stupid. about it before some six foot eight Slavic looking goon goes up yeah. and beats the shit out of you. Or or, or a five foot or a five foot nine Taidomi comes and just socks you in the face. Yeah, yeah. Bring you back know? the goon. Bring it Bring back. Bring back the goon, unironically. No, it's true because if you knew that uh, like if you knew a huge guy like like uh like a Bob Probert or a Marty McSorley or even a small guy that was like tough as nails like Tidomi, if you knew Tidomi was gonna come and get you after your period was done, I'm sorry, man. Maybe you think twice about doing that. You know, like it's 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 crazy. Like this guy. Like not even Kazuchika Okada could land that perfect of a drop kick. I'm sorry, man. Like it's that was a drop kick, you know. And like he extended his leg just perfectly. Like, yeah, man. Like it's yeah. There's oh, there's black guys who are enforcers. Yeah, there's Ryan Reeves. There's Evander Kane. Um, Donald Brashear was a yeah. He was you know he was a pretty good enforcer. You know, it's just um, I, I feel like uh this is the problem with modern hockey. Um, if, if, you know, you have kids that grow up thinking they're invincible with all of their equipment and the fact that they don't have any fighting anymore, but when they do something heinous, there's no consequences. So like, that's what's so screwed up about it. Cause like, why is a fist fight worse than this? You know what I mean? Like yeah. think about it for a moment. It's like they say, like, like you know, people that grow up in the in in the ghettos, right? Like, is a fist fight worse than like gunning each other down on a drive by? Like, think about it that way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. It's just a lot of people have not been faced with a fist fight when they were growing up. You know, and like this is why sports like football, like wrestling, like yeah. kendo or fence. I did fencing in high school and college. I did SCAs fun on, on the side there of college. Like if you understand the importance of martial combat, yeah, even, like because guys who do that stuff, I, I'm going to tell you this right now. As someone who's been whacked with swords and 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 heavy objects to the face and back and legs with bruises and everything. Guys who do stuff like that are going to a understand the difference between play fighting and actual fighting. Guys yeah, that don't know 100%. the difference, they're going to respond like people be like, "I'm just playing, man," and it's just it's like more well, to combat. Yeah, no, to yeah. them, it's like I'm going to die if I don't like fight back with lethal force. And yeah. so, you know, if you if you ban that and you feminize like the school space, the workspace, the, like the playground, like yeah, people aren't going to know the difference, and people are going to just fight. That to aggression death. has to go somewhere. Yeah. yeah, and it's the same thing with like understanding and appreciating the respect between you and another player or you and another duelist. Like if I get my ass handed to me in like five rounds, you know, I okay, that guy's good. I respect him. I'm not going to like go out and slash him and get angry and impulsive. I have to learn that there's a there's a beauty to the duel. And if you don't yeah. have that, it's gone and it goes away really quickly. And so people just get impulsive and low yeah. IQ and chimp out way faster. And then it just becomes an entire shit show where people are killing each other. Um, and there, there's just, there's no respect for it. So like yeah. when everyone got like Tucker, like he said, it's like, not how white men fight. He was right. It's not. Yeah. And it's the same thing here. Like a guy that all he understands is how to be just sort of uh, impulsive and, it's awful. That's what I mean. If an enforcer tuned him up a few times when he was doing that shit, you know, maybe things would have been different, you know, like think of it that way. Um, it, no, it's like pro wrestling. If you start shooting on somebody in the middle of the ring, it's bad for business, man. Cause then nobody can trust you. 
in the ring anymore. Um, the storyline is disrupted. Uh, you're putting another guy in a bad position. So that's why the, the ability to shoot on somebody was only used sparingly. You know what I mean? Like that's so, I mean, there's a lot of wrestlers that used to take liberties with people, but you know, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, apparently, uh, I'm trying to think who, I mean, Iron Sheik used to do that. He used to take liberties with people. Um, but you know, he only did it, you know, it depends. It depends. Cause then you could also get your ass kicked if you try doing that stuff. You know, like there's plenty of times, uh, there's a series, uh, on YouTube called when wrestling gets real. Mm-hmm. There was this one, like an experienced guy that tried to shoot on the great Sasaki in Japan. And the Sasaki just like two, <laughs> he just like kicked his lights out. Like it was, you know, mm. yeah, that's why you never shoot on people, kids. If you're a professional wrestler, it's not good for business. So, you know, anyways, anyways, mm-hmm. um, unless you're in MMA, unless you're like John Jones and they let you do it, you know, yeah, let you poke people's eyes when out. You're, you're, you're John an, Jones. When you're an MMA yeah. fighter, they let you do it. Yeah. No, but in MMA, you can't poke the guy's eyes out. But yeah, yeah, they just let John Jones keep getting away with it. I don't know why. Not that he needs it, though. He's like the best fighter in the world. So, shall we get to the super chats? Uh, we haven't gotten to the other chapters, but shall we get to the super chats? Well, we're, we're almost at three hours. I just, yeah, we can, right. can we, we'll have more people to cover this with next week. Oh, yeah, that's right. Do you want to talk about we're we're going to have the we're going to have the Longhouse Boys on next week. Our favorite our favorite Nordic Scandinavian friends who are often live the same time we are. They're going to they'll be joining us. So Mr. Walrus and I think Ludic Path will be on with us next week. Yeah. Yeah. A a big crossover. There was a time there was like one Thursday a few weeks back where like they weren't live and we weren't live. And he DMs me and he's like, it's a cold day in hell when the Longhouse and the Digital Archipelago aren't on the air. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to have a crossover. It'll be fun. Do you think we're pretty fair about the migrant thing? Because like, that's what I mean. Like if you like, that's what I mean. Like when I see this stuff about like, oh, they deserve it because they voted for it. Like, okay, if you if your politics is you care about like Europeans, right? Then why would you be gloating over their destruction? That's like I never understood that, man. Like I guess just... at what I guess the point becomes at what point is your sexism or your misogyny bigger than your hatred for immigrants? Or yeah, not even hatred, yeah, yeah. but like how, how much is your misogyny going to overplay your your yeah. your woman hating or whatever? You know, like I get it, haha, dumb woman does dumb thing, but I would like to think yeah. that No, um, but even men that get assaulted by migrants that yeah, you know, like libtards, right? Like I understand they're lip to like, okay, here's the thing. I understand, right? Like, I'll, is it a straw man, Louis? Is it a straw man? Like, that's, I've seen this, you know, I've seen people that are gloat over this stuff. But at the same time, like, I mean, I mean, I made jokes about that lip yeah, we made jokes. Stabbed. I'm not immune to it. Of course. I'm not immune yeah. to it. I mean, like, I'm just as much a criminal of it, and it's bad that I do. But, like, right. You yeah. know, like, the real answer to this would be, like, to never, like, the, the victory condition is, is when, like, I don't know. My my soft heartedness is like too left wing. I guess. I don't yeah, know, that's you know? the victory condition. Yeah. I want to like victory for me is when I'm considered left wing, because like li- I, like the liberals yeah. are just like, oh, we could just rehabilitate and we could let them go there instead of like, you know, mart like you know corporal punishment and 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 actual jail time. No, like that needs to happen. Sorry, I I do think that you know if you yeah. It's a tragedy well, that a guy got hoisted by his own petard in an ethnic yeah. sense, but um, I I think though it's in a just different. world that wouldn't exist because that dude wouldn't be a libtard. 
Yeah. No, I think, okay, would I qualify this as it's different if like a random Scandinavian woman gets abused by a migrant who may or may not have voted than like a left-hard journalist, like that one guy that got, you know, destroyed by his own pet. Like that mm-hmm. guy, he was like a, a predator. It, you know what's funny? Oh, yeah, the, that, the, uh, the guy that tweeted out that he was uh, basically, you know, abused as a kid or groomed as yeah. a kid, his own words, yeah. but he was also doing the same thing. Yeah, that guy, like that, that, um, that, that, that 18 year old black kid, he like was being abused by that journalist, you know, and like that's different, you know, you should gloat over those people, like they deserve it, right? But like a random Scandinavian person getting assaulted who may have voted for like a left wing party, like that's kind of a bit of a stretch, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. like, to gloat over it, time. Like I understand the beginning of the migrant crisis online, we had memes about it and all that. But after a while, it's like you have to look at, okay, if you value the integrity of, you know, your people and all that stuff, then I think you should think about things a bit in more of a systemic manner, in a systematic way than just gloating over a left heart getting owned. You know what I mean? But when it comes to these journalists and these Antifa people that get, get owned by their own, you know, by their own, their own um, progressive stack people, that's different. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, like, that one, that one, like, Chapo guy. Or he wasn't a Chapo guy. He was, um, he wasn't the gay one. He was that other one that got filmed on the street getting redacted. Yeah. That was just sheer stupidity. That guy could have just went the other way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just, like, that's different. That's, he deserves it, 100%. But, like, a random person in, in Europe, it's just, I don't know, man. Like, that's a bit of a stretch. Like, even if they did vote for, like, a pro-immigration party. It's like a lot of these, the migrant crisis has a lot of different causes. And sometimes it's not in the hands of people that vote for particular political parties. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. Um, even people that are like gloating with the current conflict uh, with Hamas and, you know, with, with Palestine. And it's like, there's a lot of sadistic things that are, people are posting nowadays. And it's just like, well, we've talked about it before on the show. Previously. Yeah, absolutely yeah. awful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, and like there is something about exploitation. Uh, what, what do they call it? atrocity? Content. Disaster, disaster porn. Yeah, yeah, atrocity pornography. Like it's there is something to be said about like you know here's a picture of redacted children. This is why you have to support me. Here's blah, blah, blah. and it's like I think that um as much as I side with the plight of one people that have a legitimate grievance, I I do think that those images are sort of like, it it desensitizes you, you know what I mean? And, and to use, to use the destruction of people, especially children for a political cause, there should be, I understand that it, it denotes the gravity of a situation but in the age of the internet where those images become ubiquitous ubiquitous to the point of being banal, I think that you should consciously think about the stuff that you repost and the stuff that you post, even if it's for a good cause. There, there, there is something that it, it does something to your soul. You know what I mean? To, to see children being redacted just like by browsing the timeline. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, yeah, man. Like it's like I'm, I understand I'm... it's to lament a very serious issue, 
but the way that it's done in a gratuitous nature for propaganda purposes, there's something wrong there. You know? Like if you were to scroll on the timeline right now, the trending thing is a, a video of some Hamas fighter coming out of a tunnel, placing a bomb on a Merkava yeah. tank and then firing an RPG at it. Yeah. No yes, warning, probably. you know, right? But uh, no, I've heard I mean, pop it, music on, on that video too. Yeah. So There's uh, been edits. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that's what I mean. Like it's, like, for example, you know, yeah, I, I, I sympathize with the Palestinians, as I've said publicly, but like fucking, you know, people posting videos of children being redacted, like it's, uh, you know, like uh, I understand it's because you want to humanize the gravity of the situation, but like to do it so flippantly is sort of like there's something wrong there, you know, and it's like, I don't know, man, like it. These issues, they're out of our hands. They're yeah, out of our hands. The, well, definitely that. You can only pray that the conflict ends quickly. But it, it, it's like we said last week, you know, we're, we're people want you to have takes, but at the same time, yeah. we're powerless to stop it. I mean, like, exactly. I, I'm, I have no leverage over the federal government. Foreign policy of our country. Foreign policy, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's, um, yeah. But, but, you know, at the same time, like, uh, these populations protesting for Palestine, they, they hate us on the right wing too. So it's like, what are you going to do? Right. Like it's, yeah, we've been over the take. We've been over the, we've been over. Hey, let's yeah, get yeah. to the, yeah, let's get, let's get to it. Um, cause you know, I talked about this on my solo, uh, on my solo episode, the free version in the public version, you know, I reviewed eight millimeter, but, um, anyways, uh, we have a PayPal donation by Owen Zaleski. For six sixty-four. Um, hello, gents. I know I said I wouldn't send more until Geo gets entropy, says in bold letters. But I need to thank you both. Last stream I sent a chat about my Substack, and then a fellow DA listener reached out to me. I know I know a fellow Christian poet's great work. So shout out to um where let me let me just get the uh, PayPal. Um Review message. Um, review message. Come on, man. Come on, man. Why is it? Why so we're is just it gonna. Out? Couldn't tell you. We're gonna keep the, the 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 tab open while we're doing this. Oh wow! Yeah, sorry. Um, stop sharing. There we go. Um, I don't know why my my PayPal is being uh the, the app is being buggy. Mm. So yeah, I see. So if Owen Zaleski, if you could reproduce in the chat, then uh, I I, got, I cut off the last part. So um, um, there there's some interesting comments. Um, oh chat, yeah, oh, chat. yeah. Owen Zaleski, it's not similar to like the the video of Rittenhouse because Rittenhouse that was a legal thing, and I feel like. That was also important that it got out to the public because there. Are people I mean, it's also it's. I would argue it's also yeah. important for it to be out on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, you should be yeah. able to see this. I'm just simply saying that, like, I think since Elon took over, the proliferation of war content has been easier to yeah. get out than before. I'm not as Telegram reliant. The same thing with the war in Ukraine. I find it. Yeah. To be, I don't think it's a net. Ne like, well, sometimes I wish there were a warning, especially when it's like dead children. Yeah, I mean. I, I think it is a good thing that people do see the war because yeah, 
changes people's opinions on the war very fucking fast. True. And you should be very well aware of how bad war can be. So, yeah, I mean, I, it's something that I don't take lightly. I just, mm-hmm. um, I just wish that it didn't come with porn bots every other fucking follow. Well, there's an interesting comment by Robert Verland where he said, like, well, you know, the Palestinians were outplayed a century ago or so who cares about negotiating? I mean, yeah, I get it. But like, you got to realize, like, well, we also know that Israeli force government them out entirely. Like the Israeli that, government's not going to negotiate. Like, so either no. they, they, they send those people packing, which yeah. would arguably in the eyes of the Israelis probably be the better, hum, quote unquote, humanitarian option. Or they right. just kill every last man, woman, and child, which I personally think they want that more. Oh, yeah, they want revenge, obviously. That's, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they, I think that it, it is in the preferable position, like optically. Yeah. But even America is not like letting them do that fully. They're like, you well, better no, cool it. Like, even because yeah. the Americans don't want to go to war with Iran. I don't think that we're exactly. capable of doing it. Um, because war with Iran means war with other powers in the Middle East, and we would be in not so friendly territory there. You may even risk war with China and Russia. Well, we would definitely risk war with Russia if we're going to go try and defend it. Like the risk of fighting Russians in Syria is more likely than it us us fighting Russians in Ukraine. Although we're technically doing that anyway. Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. You know, like this. You're already in World War Three, and whoever had that tweet that says World War Three will happen, but you're still going to have to go to work. You're living in it. Yep. You're living in it right now. This is World War Three. You still have to go to work. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, that's why I think, like, even the Americans are telling them to cool it with the bloodlust. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, but that's what I mean. Even if, like, they kick them all out, like, you could argue about, like, the, the 48 agreement, like, the legitimacy of that is also dubious, but I'm just saying like, you could argue, but like they want to get them out completely. That's like, that's different. You know what I mean? Like, even if you buy into the whole 48 agreement, like that's, hmm, you know what I mean? Like it would cause a huge crisis for the other Arab nations. Like Egypt would be fucked like politically and even like materially, you'd have to account for 2 million of these people. And then another thing too, I was, uh, I was under a Nicola Salo tweet. I was replying to somebody where I was explaining this to my old man about the Egyptians and the Jordanians, how they would be screwed if they participate in the ethnic cleansing of the Palestinians. Right. Cause that's yeah. what it is. Even if you're just peacefully removing them, that's still cleansing them of that area. Right. I mean, it's not as, it's not as dramatic as like, you know, G word eyed, but like still it's a form of ethnic cleansing by displacing them. You know what I mean? Yep. So and I said, like, basically the position of these other Arab countries, especially Egypt and Jordan, they would become totally anathema in the Arab world. And 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 also another thing, too, you have to account for is that if you displace all of the Palestinians, these are the most um, certain segments of Palestine, like Hamas, they're like the most radicalized and trained people. You're going to have terrorist attacks in Europe. You might even have terrorist attacks in America. Did you think about that one? You, you know it what would, I mean? So it would probably be yeah. to some extent supported by this. Oh, state. 100%. Yeah. And the leftoids would probably support them committing those acts of terror. I, anyways, I, it, you know, yeah. funny how radical Islamic terrorism kind of saw a, a quote unquote decrease in public media attention as soon as we stopped having a lot of money and troops in the area. Yeah. Very, yeah. Very funny. Eh? Funny yeah. How that works. Um, <sighs> no, but if you scatter the Palestinians, there will probably be more terrorist attacks in Europe and America. 
You know, you never, it's a that possibility. Is a, it's, no, it's a very real possibility. Yeah. And so, but of course, you know, the greatest ally does not care about that. So no, of course not. Yeah. Anyways. So thank you on Zaleski. Um, I will probably get entropy soon. I know I have to do it, but it's just, I've been backlogged with writing. I've been focusing on, you know, doing this show, uh, putting out a solo episode recording with cat last night. So, you know, yeah, let's move on to the super chat. And this is the last chance to get the super chats in. Um, so, uh, and also go to patreon.com slash go to uh, subscribe star.com slash the prudentialist. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Um, for a hundred Mexican pesos. I don't know if I could do a very dramatic one for a hundred Mexicans. That's racist. Um, okay. I've seen things. So I want to be like somewhat optical prude. Come on. Um, buddy, buddy, we have 50, we have 65, four, 64 other episodes that will tell you we're not. I was just listening to what we were doing like the last couple of weeks, man. No, we're never going to get bought out. You're never going to get your chance to sell out to anybody because even then they're like, oh. No, true. We may not be able to sell out to someone, but we as an optical is like. This is why Night Owls isn't recorded. Yeah. No, but are we as unoptical as other people, though? Think about Uh, it. No, we're not TRS levels of unoptical. No, did you see that? Like, what was that account, Goyam Defense League, where they're like putting out like QR codes? And to their like wig not documentary. <laughs> oh my god, bro, that's so larping. Yeah, we're we're it's not so that terrible. we're not we're not that gone. So maybe we should like give out uh QR codes to the digital archipelago to like no that no because then that would be like oh you're radicalizing children. So it's like see we're not see, a kid friendly show, man. We're not no, we're not. Show. No, we're not. Is this made for kids? No, 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 no. I don't want. I don't want people under the, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, that tweet about like, I, I going on Twitter, I risk getting exposed to the opinions of a 15 year old. Yeah. (laughs) No, man, I don't want kids to watch our show. No, no, I don't. No, but I saw that was trending. That was like, if we we were to ever do a a digital archipelago live, you know, like art of darkness live or whatever, it'd be like a, a venue with alcohol. I do not want zoomers. Yeah. present i don't want no zoomers will be present the older ones but not like you know there's zoomers that are 21 years old yeah 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 no but i mean like that was like so larpy like that like, like handing out qr codes to your like wignat documentary and bitch shoot like that oh is kind God, of fucking bro. funny that is funny anyways i've seen things you people wouldn't believe the austrian painter dancing with malficient on hall maleficent on halloween all those moons would be lost in the third world. Like, <laughs> like tears in the rain. Oh, oh my god. There's some crazy hyperborean edits out there. Um I don't know if I could put the words up because he mentions the yay, but for, can I put it up? What Benji word? Benji? What word? The, the Coke. Coca-Cola. Yeah, sure. All right. Um, for ten dollars by Angie Benji, here's the Coca-Cola money I owed you guys. <laughs> oh man! Whoa! Finally, I can have my 1880s style uh, Coca-Cola. The, yeah, there the you way go. the way God intended. Yeah. Appreciated, they, they Angie Benji. Traditional malt shop Coca-Cola. Um, and Peter Young for five dollars. 
Um, in Orthodox Church, candidates for di- uh, diaconate and deaconate and the priesthood. Deaconate. Yeah, they can't get married after ordination. Oh man! Thank you, Peter. I appreciate that. The loophole is getting married before. Yeah, you have to be um, married beforehand. And for five dollars, by your good friend Lou Templar. So yeah, thank you, Peter Young. Um, Eastern Catholics. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Eastern Catholics can get married. Also allow marriage before seminary. The understanding with the papacy is that it's concession for trying times. Yeah, there are priests that have been married. A, that, a, like, a, they a had concession children. for uh, dealing with the unionists. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a controversy there, but I'm not too well versed in that that the union thing to, you know, get into it. But um, and Sam one five three, our good friend for ten dollars. Simple Sneed, how is tossed salad, scrambled eggs? So bad it's good or just terrible? Um, uh, oh, he's asking about the new Fraser show. Uh, I haven't started. I'm, I'm I've wrapped up on the show, which didn't take long to wrap through. I yeah. start I start this weekend. So Sam, I will I will probably send out a tweet over the weekend telling people how bad it is. But TR Hudson and I are gonna like complain about it uh soon. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm terrified. Nice. But for, for, I, it's my comfort yeah. show. <laughs> how I'm many seasons lie. were there? There were eleven seasons of Cheers, which ele- from season three onward, he was a recurring character and became part of the main cast. Oh, and then yeah, he was, right. and then he, there was 11 seasons of Frasier. Whoa. Cheers yeah. was pretty good. Cheers was pretty I good. I used to watch it back in the day. Um, you, they had reruns on Peachtree TV. I think that's why I watched it. Um, yeah. Come from school. Um, and for one and nine from Tim Miller is mama GF alive. Mama GF alive. Give the real thoughts, please. Gio Sama. I don't know. I, I I hope she's alive. I don't like to be honest. As much as I don't like JF because he blocked me many years ago, um, and he's just kind of well, not to get into drama with his personal history, but like, I I think the rumors that he's he did something I don't think are true. I don't want to accuse him of that. I think it's just stupid internet memes. But I mean, I I think like his explanation has holes in it. But the fact that like Mama JF was kind of like an eccentric autistic person probably like just like went off on her own accord. I mean, that is a likely scenario. And so I don't want to accuse JF of anything. I don't think like this is, you know, it's like a true crime drama meme that he like did something to her. I don't, I don't think he did. I, I Yeah. And I haven't been following it closely enough either, yeah, to, either. to know anything about it. So uh, if the RCMP is interviewing him and they conclude that he doesn't belong in a jail cell, then given his history, I was, I was about to say, given this guy's history, his political opinions, like if they thought and sniffed something dirty on him, I think JF would, would be, be in prison jail. already, right? You yeah. know, they would have jailed him awaiting trial. The fact that yeah. they haven't yet kind of tells me something. Like I saw these rad femmes saying that he like may have done something, but it's like just because you hate the guy politically and he says stupid things about women doesn't mean that he's automatically like he redacted Mama JF. Like, come on, man. Like if the RCMP is involved and he's being interviewed by them and they have no grounds to arrest him, especially like you said, given his history and everything, given his political opinions, then it's like he he like I, I know the cleaning thing is suspicious by saying that he cleaned his apart his his house from top to bottom but it could just be that like mama jf was a messy person and it's just you know what i mean it doesn't mean that there's an automatic and and you know what i mean like i don't have the best opinion of jf grappy but like to say that he did something to her is 
I think it, without evidence is stupid. It's it's just slander. You know what I mean? So I understand if you're a Radfim, you don't like him, but like to say that he like hid the body is like get out of here. You know what I mean? And I mean, for all we know, the RCMP might just do a a, a more yeah. thorough search of his property or wherever. Like we don't know. And it's again, it's I'm not following yeah. it. I'm not going to comment without knowing anything. So I'm just going to exactly. But the fact that the RCMP is involved is a sign that he probably didn't do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he like a mastermind? True. You know, like, come on, man. Like, it's, I'm, I'm a little doubtful, you know? Yeah. He's a smart guy, but like, is he that smart? I don't know. Like, it's, mm. you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's just stupid speculation. Um, Jack, for $2, can you gentlemen explain what is based world? Well, based world is an image in your heart that you have to realize over time. It's kind of like Nirvana. Yeah, it's the idealized political future in which victory has been achieved. Exactly. Whatever that, that victory that, that, looks that, like. That, that's basically it. Like, what, what does your idealized right-wing world look like after yeah. the fake and gay world is over? That's really... It could it. even be... Yeah. What were we going to say? No, that's it. Oh, it, it could even be something is like even like as pragmatic as like what Pat Buchanan wanted for America. I mean, that alone is terrifying to leftoids, but still, that's not as bad as, like, what other people think, you know? Oh, it's Pappy Kane's birthday. Yes, it is. Happy birthday, 85 Pappy 85 today. Whoa! Happy, happy birthday, Pappy Cannon. America should have listened to you when you opened your mouth sooner. America does not deserve you. Um, it didn't. Uh, he, he, he is the cornerstone that so many uh, rejected, but any future politics will probably have his ideas somewhere. Oh, near definitely. The, yeah. the frogs of the future that will become the politicians of the future and the Republic, maybe the Republic. Well, if the Republican party doesn't, you know, sunset. the frogs of the future will have pictures of Pat Buchanan saying, I failed you master, you know, like Dexter's 100%. laboratory with Einstein. Yeah. Like Dexter's lab. I yeah. failed you. And for four ninety nine by John Carter, our good friend, the threat of an enforcer beating you up after the game doesn't serve as a deterrent for people who literally cannot conceive of that future. Well, that's also true. It worked that's in also hockey true. for a hundred years, though. Yeah, but so, no, I mean, yeah, but he's talking about uh, oh yeah, certain individuals yeah. who can't understand stop or I'll shoot, and then they just break dance. Low anyway time preference. by the cops. Yeah, low time preference people. Maybe we just don't let them in. Yeah. Avoid less. I mean, no, there's been good. There's been good black hockey players. Just that, sure. like, if this guy is like repeatedly being kicked out of different leagues, it's like, why are you like, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, it's, kicked out of a hundred, anyways. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, there are great black hockey players. You know, there was uh, Jerome McGinley. Even Evander Kane's a pretty good player. I know people like he fights dirty, but like, he's an entertaining guy, though. He is a good hockey player. And mm -hmm. and it's and I think like, you know, a, a guy like Connor McDavid needs an enforcer like Evander Kane to protect him because like literally every single player is going after Connor McDavid because you know he is the best in the league. So it's like you know if you're having your heels nipped all the time, you need a guy like Evander Kane behind your back. You know what I mean? So yeah. Anyways, at least traditionally that's what the role of the enforcer. Put it this way: Wayne Gretzky could not have been as great as he was. If it wasn't for guys like Semenko and, and Marty McSorley, because if you didn't have like a psycho enforcer watching over Wayne Gretzky, he wouldn't have had that record, you know, because guys would literally be bodying him and checking him every single night. I mean, think of it. It's just logical, right? You go after the best player. Um, yeah. 
So you need a guy like Marty McSorley who's they, they, they would have they would have slashed his throat if that were the case. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if you knew that Marty McSorley was there to just like knock your teeth out, then it's like, you know, yeah. Um and and unless we have I have a PayPal link, guys, if you want to donate directly. And of course it's always nice to have uh, you know, Patreon and Substack's only five dollars a month, guys, and you get exclusives. I'm gonna go back to doing general reviews when I have time. So uh, you know, come on, guys. You get the Discord, which I have to, you know, wrangle in from time to time. But uh finally for two dollars from Brent Taylor, our good friend Brent, um, Glenn Beck disgusted woes. <laughs> oh, I can do that for you. I don't know. Should we should we bash? I don't I, I don't Glenn understand. Too hard? I don't understand how Glenn Beck can have such a position being a Mormon. Yeah. Uh, considering they're so separated from any sort of dispensationalist understanding of Israel, but hey, uh, Glenn America Beck has, is like Israel to the Mormons. Glenn, Glenn Beck has a job to do, and yeah. uh, that job is to do exactly what Glenn Beck does. That rant was crazy. That I gotta admit, that rant was crazy. Yeah, I I, I don't want to go out. Listen, the I journey, don't even know. I don't even know if I could repeat what he said without demonetizing the stream, just because, yeah. like, yeah. If I had an employer like that, I would understand why I would also stay quiet on that issue. Well, the Blaze does good work. You know, that's the problem with it. It's just that, like, that rant was crazy. Yeah. Like, I think, like, people that work for the Blaze, they know where they stand. So I also wouldn't comment too far on, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's what I mean. Like, as, as the good of work as Glenn Beck has, you know, fostered, it's like... You gotta like. There's reminders that he comes from that like Fox News neocon milieu, you know. Yeah. So, without saying too much for YouTube, but this has been a good episode, and uh, we'll like to see you all next week. We have friends on the Digital Eric Velago once again. It's been it? a while since we had a guest on, so yeah. Was that it? Wait, what's it? Was that was that the super chat? Yeah, I know. There's not a lot of super chats this week. Come on, guys. Like, what the fuck? Oh. Like, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go on TJ Kirk on your ass. Only oh, two dollars? You kidding don't, me? Don't don't go full banana on him, Jesus. Yeah, don't, or don't go full Stefan Mullen you on. Yeah, yeah. I won't. Yeah, I won't come back to guys. Twitter unless I'm uh, unless I get an apology. Are you gonna screw Prude next week like this? Come on, guys. That's. I know the economy's hard, but <laughs> <laughs> give deep. Or if you only have a good credit rating, go screw yourself. You'll burn in hell. That was that was from Vice City, Pastor uh, Pastor Richards. <laughs> oh yeah, the oh, Salvation man. Statue. Oh my God, I feel so bad because now KG for ten dollars with a super sticker. I feel bad because I begged. Now I feel all guilty that he gave me ten dollars. So thank you, KG, from the bottom. Thank you so much, my friend. You're that was whore, I feel bad you, for begging. I can't. You're I don't a have a heart. Whore. Pulling <laughs> tricks on the digital corner. The <laughs> whore, you, aren't you, Geo? You said that once when I had to tweet out that thing for a hundred dollars by John Carter. Did he actually? Wasn't it for a hundred dollars? I feel like it, it was, was so much less. Okay, good to know. It was for a hundred. Yeah, I didn't even just... make the meme twenty dollars. I tweet you long time. I think it was, was something about Ale It was something about Ella. It was like. I think it was about Ayala, yeah. I don't remember. I'd have to find that episode and go find the super chat. Yeah. I forget. Oh well. 
But no, but I mean, like, I feel guilty. See, this is why I can't be a primo grifter. Like, um, I mean, listen, if you want value for your money, go and subscribe to my Patreon or my Substack. But other than that, like, you know, I do appreciate the super chats. And we have gotten both of us, we've gotten some pretty big ones. So, um, you hey, know, I'm, I mean, I, the, the, the ad revenue pays for itself. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, but I feel like we've had a lot of meaningful discussions on this episode. You know, I mean, there was a lot of jokes and all that, and it got a little serious. I was told, I was told, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll read this from a friend. The digital archipelago sometimes has a surreal black pilling effect on me. It feels like I'm reading a Philip K. Dick story sometimes. That whole Whoa. talk about images losing their effect on humanity and memes taking their place. Everything must be personal now. And I, just, I, I couldn't help but react with the, like, I don't know what to tell you, man, sort of like emoji well, reaction on Telegram. We'll do a white pill episode one day. We'll Maybe next week. Maybe, maybe no. next week with our friends that can be white pilling. Who knows? We'll, we'll yeah. ask them how it's like up in uh, sort of the, the Nordic Scandinavian north. We'll see how it goes. But uh, until then, um, find us on Patreon. Find us on Subscribestar. The Mr. Prude's Wears Teespring link has some Digital Archipelago merch. Shirts have been purchased as well as mugs for the show, which is great. And uh, I've got it on Substack and Subscribestar and YouTube channel memberships. We've got the, the beginning series of the Stalin's War reading and review. So Raging Mandrill and I spent two hours today talking about chapter one, about how the mm. Soviets industrialized and how America's industrial um, base and its government was infiltrated by communists before World War II even started, by the way. So mm. if you're interested in that, we're, we'll be also recording this uh, the Sunday evening as well. So we'll have the next part out recorded. So stay tuned and we'll be live next week. Nice. And I just recorded with Catherine another episode of The Computer Room we have we we break down a mockumentary film about furries so that'll be in gay people so that'll be good yeah i know, I know. only we have, we only, also have G, only geo and Catherine d can do a doc and yeah, review documentaries about uh queers and, and furries and all sorts of shit we also have an episode planned to talk about the explosion of uh incest content so uh, Lord. pretty good. It's gonna be a harrowing one. Oh, yeah. I, I bet I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna add this one to my cavalcade of uh profile. Picture. You know what's funny? You could watch this thing, it's actually a pretty good film. It's called Ruckus, where it's about this like guy that does a documentary on furries, but this one particular furry. Yeah, he could have warned you. <laughs> he warned I tried to warn you. No, it's on YouTube for free, it's called Ruckus. You know what? Ruckus is also the name of a pretty good uh, wrestler from the old CZW days. But yeah, Ruckus is about, it's like this mockumentary style film. It's like got a like really weird, surreal structure. It goes back and forth. Um, but it's, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, and, oh yeah, the Digital Archipelago, um, the playlist is linked in the episode show notes here. And also the link to the Computer Room podcast is also linked in the show notes in the description in this episode too. That's all on my link tree as well. It's all on my linktree.com slash giant geo. And it's got all, uh, and all of Prude's links are in the, in the uh, description here with his uh, subscribe star, his channel, his Twitter, his Substack. So yeah, there you go. Mm. All right. Thank you everyone. As always, God bless. Goodbye. Too, too sweet. See you gents. <laughs>